Hello and welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And this is a show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we'll talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we'll compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, we all mask Ghostface one last time as we break down the entire Scream franchise in our special retrospective episode. Andrew, my friend, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Please um, please apologize to the people for your voice. I am. I'm going to. I'm going to right now because uh, I've been screaming a little bit too yeah, much. You know? Yeah. I, I'm having a great time. I've been screaming, you know. It's been a hell of a spooktober for you. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've been screaming a lot. It's uh, it's affected your voice now. And that's okay. You know, we're here. We're doing it still. You told me you could do it. And here we I are. I can do it. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be, I'll fine. be good. He'll be good. But yeah, we're here. We're saying goodbye to Scream. Yeah, this is it. Spooktober's over. Spooktober's over. That was quick. Man. It really went by really quickly. It went by quick. Because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You know, yeah, man? this was a really good one. And I really had a good time with this. And I'm kind of bummed. Uh, I'm not bummed because we have a good a good uh, announcement at the end of this that I'm looking forward to. I'm bummed because um, next year we're going to have to do something even scarier, and I don't want to do that. Will we, though? Well, we don't know. Will we, we'll though? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We have we'll some see. ideas. We'll see. Keep, a, keep an eye out for uh, that December retrospective episode. Spooktober might not be in October. <laughs> Spooktober, Spooktober could be multiple months. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, very excited for that announcement at the end of the year. But right now, we have to close this down. We have to shut down yeah. uh, Spooktober, unfortunately. But we still get to talk about Scream just a little bit longer. And that's cool. I mean, there's some cool stuff here to talk about, right? Yeah, big and, you time. Know, it's a franchise that we both loved. Yeah. You know, clearly listen to my voice. I've been screaming so much. I've been screaming so much. <laughs> um, but I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to do this. And uh, I think this is a really interesting franchise, a really special franchise, especially yeah. in the horror genre. Right. Because... I think it is friendly for a general audience. Yes. I think it is friendly for people who might not specifically target horror movies. I have no interest in horror movies. Saw X just came out and it looks like a nightmare to me. You know what I mean? But Those reviews say otherwise, pal. I've heard good things. Did you I've hear that uh, the police got called on the guy, the editor, because uh, there were sounds of torture coming from his house while oh, he was did. editing the movie? I, I did hear that. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Can't wait. That's funny. Saw X, baby. Can't wait. Have you seen a Saw movie? No, I can't. Um, oh, have I seen a Saw? I thought yeah. you asked me if I saw Saw X. I was like, no, not yet. Um, I haven't seen a Saw movie, oddly enough. But um, <laughs> jump into the tenth one. Who knows? I might. I might. I might just show up and just go. Ah, Saw X. I'm in. Or the last Exorcism, or whatever the Exorcism. Oh, God, exorcism really right bad now. reviews. Yeah, Believer. It was called Believer, uh, yeah, yeah, The Exorcist Believer. It was a. Uh, apparently, that movie cost quite a bit, and uh, it bombed. We know who directed it. Uh, I don't. Who was David it? Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. Who did uh, the, the Halloween show, the last Halloween No. Trilogy. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, he should really, like, just kind of leave the genre of horror. <laughs> I'm not impressed. I mean, like, the first uh, the first Halloween reboot was good. That's probably the best one in the trilogy. And then it just gets worse and what worse. What evil dies tonight? <laughs> you tell me you didn't like Corey? <laughs> but evil dies tonight. But evil dies tonight. Yeah, look, they say so I, in Scream Six. Yeah, they say so in Scream Six. Uh, Evil dies tonight. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Exorcist didn't do well. That makes sense now. I didn't realize it was him directing it. Now it all tracks. Um, now it all tracks. From what I understand, it was yeah, him. It was bad. But um, uh, Saw X doing way better. But no, like I don't have no interest in horror movies. But I really like this because it's horror 
but it's also some comedy. It's also very meta. Mm -hmm. And also has just an interesting twist on the genre. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, in many ways, there are movies about movies, especially the ones literally about making movies. Right. Or making a movie. So, yeah, I I really have enjoyed our time here. And Mm -hmm. I I think everybody involved, especially uh, Kevin Williamson, has really kind of turned me on to, like, this really creative uh, nature of this guy that I never pieced together that the guy who made Scream mm-hmm. also made, you know, Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Made Vampire Diaries. Right. Like, I've seen quite a bit has of... It has this extensive career outside yeah, of Scream, right? I've seen quite a bit of Vampire Diaries because my wife is a fan. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I don't know, I've been forced to watch quite a bit. Uh, now uh, I understand. You haven't been forced. You enjoyed every episode you watched. Every single episode. Every single episode. I'm, I'm, I'm Team Damien versus Team uh, whatever the other guy's name is. Whatever. Yeah. See, I don't even know. I don't even know that. <laughs> um, that's cool, though. Um, I, I also want to point out, along with Kevin Williamson, just Wes Craven. Well, of course, and his yeah. his contribution to this. But I, I think franchise. with Wes Craven is obviously he's more well known. And I think he, he was he was. But as we said in the first movie, he was kind of in a slump, and this movie yeah, and the screen, the first screen movie, really reignited his career in um, a pretty amazing way. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah. Um, but also, it, it should be. I after watching these screen movies, do you feel like now you're like you're like I could probably do like the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah, once yeah. you kind of get his sensibility of what I, he does, are you kind of like yeah? I can I've do always that. felt like I could handle slashers more right. than I could like a de- but especially demonic, the, especially those like those those '80s slasher movies, yeah. the, like the famous ones like Halloween. Nightmare and Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. You probably could do. Any I've of those. seen most of the original Halloween, and I wasn't really scared at all watching it. There's, I did watch it like a Halloween. Yeah. I watched a Halloween party. It's really not that scary. No, it's no. pretty. It's pretty silly, actually. When you watch the movie, like yeah. it's it's a pretty silly movie. I watched. I forget what it's called. There's a Tom Hanks's first movie is like a slasher, very clearly yeah. a Halloween ripoff. Is from that period of yeah. like. Halloween came out, it was a hit, let's make whatever. Let's just keep trying. So I watched that uh-huh. for my Tom hanks Yeah. And um, T. Hanks for the memories. And um, <laughs> and uh, that was all right. You know, like, I, I really wasn't... It was a couple, yeah, yeah. couple scary things, but it really wasn't scary. It wasn't all there. During that, cool. yeah, I can yeah. handle that. Yeah. Look, uh, I, I have really enjoyed watching these screen movies. And like you said, uh, Kevin Williamson, Wes Craven, all these people who... Uh, brought this together, uh, but also the cast. Well, that's I mean, really the, the Nev Campbell, too, Courtney yeah. Cox, David Arquette, just their contributions as well. It really is just this kind of iconic horror franchise, yeah. and I think it's going to be in the running with your Friday the Thirteenth, your Nightmare on Elm Streets, and your Halloweens. Like it's going to be that one day. It's just going to be uh, one of the best. I mean, we're we're coming up on seven. Uh, whenever we get that, now that the officially. The writer strike is over. Actor strike still going on. As of this, as of this recording, probably actor will strike be by the time probably this be airs. done by the time this airs. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Tony, we're dating ourselves, but that's okay. Um, but the writer strike uh, is officially over. Yeah. So I'm wondering now if like work on the script can start. Oh, it can because yeah. a lot of I know there's a lot. As soon as the writer strike uh, kind of ended, we start seeing all of these like, hey, we're looking for writers for this. Specifically, the thing I saw was of course uh, Marvel with the X Men. X Men. Yeah. They want to start writing X Men. So it seems kind of like. You know things are starting to move again, and they're starting to write work on scripts again. Um, but hopefully, the actor strike ends like mid mid October here. We'll see. But um, it's been a uh, it, it's really it's really interesting that Scream is 
going to be one of the more iconic horror franchises of all time. I mean, here's the thing. To me, it is. Right? I don't know yeah. that. And then I'm sure to you. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. Like, I feel like, obviously, you know, it's limited with its audience, I feel like. Mm. But to me, like, it's just masterful, masterful in what it does. Mm-hmm. All of the horror elements. But also, like, why I think Scream works is that most of those movies are about something. Most of those movies are commenting on something. Right. Whether it's... A, whether it's, it's a message. Yeah, whether it's about... Just a uh, love letter to horror, like the first one mm-hmm. is, or if it's about reboot culture or social media usage mm-hmm. or this desire to be famous right. that everybody has. Yeah, or coming without on, putting on, any in work or coming on toxic fandom, right? Toxic fandom or yeah. or violence in films, violence and how in that film, can or, affect, yeah, or sexual abuse in Hollywood, which yeah. you know a pr- predatory producer. Wow. Wow, you know. that's not very far off, is it? Yeah. Like we're we lived through it, we saw it. You know, producer of these movies, producer right of there. these movies, uh, uh, will not be named here for me. We said his name enough. We don't yeah. have to keep. He, we all know, but um, yeah, it's it's it is a crazy franchise that actually does comment on those things, which I think yeah. the other you know, uh, quote unquote, like iconic horror franchises don't do because they're so intent on just kind what? of. Keeping the story going. I think the good ones do. I think the good ones do. Right? I think if, if sure. you're going so maybe, to succeed, maybe. you need to be about something. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more talking about like, your, like Friday the 13th doesn't really do that as far as I know. I don't think Nightmare on Elm Street ever did it. Um, even the first movie that Craven directs, because that's kind of so early 80s, it doesn't really have well, is it, is it any, I mean, I have never seen it, obviously, but isn't, is there some stuff about, like, child abuse? Or is that... Yeah, that's a little, yeah. it's a little bit in there, for sure. So it is a message, so, sure, that is a message about something, you're right. And even the first Halloween, I think, does too. Um, but I think once you start getting into all the sequels, I think that's when they lose that more. Like, like Psycho is about mental health and right. stuff, kind so, of, you know. Yes, and then once all the sequels start happening, you lose all of that, and they kind of... Uh, don't comment as on as much, but I think the thing that makes Scream stand out is that the sequels are still commenting on all these things. There's a reason that people still talk about Scream Two and uh, Scream Three, Four, Five. You know, there's there's kind of a reason that we still talk about these movies, and you know, nobody's really talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. What three or four Dream Warriors? Yeah. Still, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't. It's not commenting on anything. It's called Dream Warriors. Yeah. What do you have to comment on? No, I, I... Dream Warriors. It's about the Dream Warriors. It's about the Warriors in our dreams, <laughs> Nothing else man. is that. It's about the Warriors in our dreams. Like, you're clearly not commenting on anything. No, you're absolutely right. So, um, oh, that that to me, that that's what that's what will stick to me, right? Is, yeah. that, is the messages. And that's why I love some of those things. Because right. if, if Five was just, oh, we're doing this all again, you know, then... Here we go like, again. Oh, right. Like, is it worth it? But it's like, oh, no, it's about toxic fandom. Specifically, like, again... With that usage of Ryan Johnson specifically making an eighth movie of a franchise, <laughs> like yeah. it's very clear what they're they're going with. Yeah, right. You're and literally commenting like, on the last. Jedi. Even Ryan Johnson, yeah. with you know the talk that apparently he was supposed to be in the movie, right? It's kind of in on the joke too, right? right? Like, Gets that voice cameo though, in five. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he gets right, the voice right, cameo right, 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 in five, right, right. Yeah, yeah, for Wes. He's part of that voice cameo. Um, that's like, you know, it shows that he's involved in the film right. and stuff, kind of giving his blessing. So it, it, it's, it's interesting, and that's why I think the movies will last to me, right? right? And, and even if even if some of those messages are dated anymore, right? Like a movie, you know, commenting on the dangers of social media in 2023, which is what we all are aware of them now, mm-hmm. 
it maybe might not be as effective, but I can look at it from the context of 2011. And right. being like, this was ahead of the game, right? And like, right. literally what, you know, Jill Roberts would have been a TikTok star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. You know, yeah. Yep. Well, because my voice. Because I'm, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to drag this on too long. Yeah, if you want to jump in, let's do it. Let's I, jump in. I, 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 yeah, I don't want you to lose your voice as we're going. So I, I actually think it'll get better as we go. Believe it or not, let's find out. Let's find out. I got my Gatorade here. Help. Took me. a swig of Gatorade. He's ready to go. Let's do it. All right. So we're talking about Scream. Yes. Give me a rundown of those six Scream movies. We have Scream, Scream Two, Scream Three, Scream Four, Scream Five. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Scream Twenty Twenty Two, and Scream Six. There we go, there we go. I'm going to still call it Scream 5. All right, this is the part where we always rank these movies yeah. by uh, box office, Rotten Tomatoes okay. scores. So uh, I think this one's not as hard. So um, it's I am more uh, going to struggle with the later movies because yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I remember of the first four, of the first four, I know the first one did the best. Yeah. And I, and I know that the fourth movie is the worst of those four. That's what I remember. But the other two I don't remember as well, and that's the problem. So I'm going to try to rank these the best I can. <sighs> okay. Are you ready? I am ready. I just had to... I just had to the, the number one ranked and number two ranked is very close. Yes. So I just wanted to verify yes. again what it is. Okay. Number six, I think, is Scream 4. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I'm just going to give my list, no, and then just, you tell me. Just reacting. I, I believe number six is Scream 4, because I remember that one not doing well. I believe it made under 100 mil, if I remember correctly. Number five. Oh, man. This is tough, because they're really... They're kind of close together. Number five. I'm, I'm going to say Scream, Scream 2022, because it was kind of the COVID stuff, and I think maybe that affected it. So I'm going to go with that. Number four... Scream 6? No, Scream 3. Scream 3. Number 4, Scream 3. Number 3, Scream 6. Number 2, Scream 2. And number 1, Scream. My friend, I believe you got it all right. Did I really? Wow! Let's go. So, I had to literally double check. But let's go through this. Uh, Scream 4, number 6, Scream 4, 97.2 million. I remember that did the worst, yes. Number 5, Scream 3. 161.8 161.8 million dollars. I didn't get it right then. I think, no, no, you changed it. You changed it, didn't you? You said Scream I shifted. Thing. I shifted Scream 6. Oh, my bad, my bad. And you're Scream right. 3. Wait, no, no, I, no, I put Scream 2022 there. I'm sorry, you're right. Oh. You're right, I apologize. Number 5 is Scream 5, 138.9 million Oh, great. I'm sorry, I misread. No, you're good. Number 4, Scream 3, 161.9 million Then I got that right. Yes, because right. I shifted it. Yes. Um, Number 3, Scream 6, 168.8 million dollars. Uh-huh. Number two, I double-checked it. I'm getting $172 million. Yes. Number one, Scream 1, $173 million. Yes, I remember the first so one did better. So it's literally it's very back. close. Um, and arguably, you could probably find data that say Scream 2 might have made more money. Yeah. But it's very close, and a basic Google search says... Scream 1, Scream one made more. Yeah. So we're going to go with that. There we go. Scream 1, baby. Wow. That was right off the top of my head. I wasn't really sure. I was just kind of like, oh, let's just let's just play with it. I almost forgot Scream 3, though. As I was going, I was like, wait, Scream 3. I was like, wait a minute. Scream 3. I was like, wait a minute. Everybody forgets Scream 3. Yeah, so yeah. I think, that's, I, I think that's the problem. All right. Now we have uh, Rotten Tomato scores. Yes. Critics scores. Number 6. Mm-hmm. Rotten at 41%. Scream 3. Yeah. Makes sense. Number 5. Fresh at 60%, Scream 4. Number 4, mm-hmm. Fresh at 76%, Scream 2. 
Scream 5. Wow. Number 3. Uh-huh. Fresh at 77%. Yeah. Scream 6. Number 2, fresh at 80%. Scream. Wow. 1. And number 1, fresh at 82%. Scream 2. That's crazy. That is crazy. You think the first one would be better, but people like Scream. The critics like Scream 2. It's what it is. Now this wild rotten tomato audience score yes i remember scream 2 being quite low on this one on uh, number six right or number six and number five rotten at 56 percent scream 3 scream 4 yeah number four rotten at 50 percent scream 2 right number three fresh 80 percent scream 1 wow okay number two fresh 81 percent scream 2022 yeah. Number one, fresh at 91%, Scream 6, baby. Scream 6, baby. That's funny that that's uh, so high. Because there, there are people who really don't like that movie. But I'm like, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I didn't I mean, think it was not one. I, mean, I love aspects of it. I love yeah. a lot of it. I, love, yeah. I loved it. I love it. I love the movie. But uh, I think I think 22 is better for us, though. You know, one, yeah, 1,000%. Oh, interesting. Uh, 1, okay, cool. It's very interesting to look at that stuff. It's very weird. Very, right. very, very, very weird. Yeah. But overall, the franchise right. has a total box office of $913 million. Wow. Very close to a billion. Pretty yeah. close. Total total budget cost of the whole franchise yeah. is $177 million. <laughs> that's, a success. that's success. That's a success. I mean, that's a lot of money. Holy cow. Yeah. Like it's, six it's, movies and less well, than $200 million. Six movies million. less than $200 million, but like the, the payback of it... Yeah. It's nearly a billion. Let's talk about that extended mm-hmm. franchise. Some good, some interesting stuff. I, I'm here. excited for this because I don't know what's coming. There's m- more, but also kind of less than you would think. I don't know. Sure. It's, it's interesting to look at. TV show. Let's talk yeah. about a TV show. I don't know if you knew this. It was a TV show. Oh, I do know this, actually. Yes, I yeah. do know this. The franchise spawned a TV show titled Scream. Yeah. That ran for three seasons and 30 episodes from June 2015 to July 2019. Is this on sci-fi? The first two seasons ran on MTV. Okay. And starred Willa Fitzgerald, Bex Taylor-Claus, John Corna, Amadeus Serafini, Connor Well, Carlson Young, Jason Wiles, Tracy Middendorf, Tom Madden, Kiana Brown, and Santiago Segura, and features Bella Thorne as the first victim of the show. Interesting. Setting up Interesting. Bella Thorne. As like the Casey Becker. Yeah, yeah, girl. yeah. She was there in promotion of her OnlyFans, I imagine. Oh, shit. Whoops. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, the show is not in continuity with the films, and instead is inspired by the franchise with a killer in the first two seasons not bearing the traditional ghost face mask. Oh. Or outfit or name. Huh. Yeah. And it's called Scream. It's called Scream. I don't like that. Yeah, it's conflicted on that. Yeah, that's interesting. And what about Um, the third season? We'll get there. Hang on. Okay. Instead, the first two seasons are set in the fictional town of Lakewood, Louisiana, and follows teenager Emma Duvall, who has a connection to the horrific town past. And when a string of murders begins in present day, she finds herself in the center of it all. Ooh. 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 There were early rumors of Wes Craven directing the pilot episode, but he ended up with no official involvement with the series and was later critical about the choice to not feature the ghost face mask. Right. As he should be. He's like, you're calling it Scream and you're not even using the mask. The first two seasons ran from 2015 to 2016 on MTV, Uh with the third season not debuting until 2019 on VH1. Three years later. On a different channel. 
Well, but like MTV and VH1 are kind of... Yeah, I know. Yeah. They're connected, yeah. What do we call those? The dying channels? 100%. Yeah. The third season transitioned to the show into an anthology series. Okay. With Queen Latifah now as an executive producer and was the first piece of the Scream franchise to no longer credit Harvey Weinstein or the Weinstein Company name uh, did not use the logo right. due to the allegations against Weinstein mm-hmm. uh, that came out in between right, the, right. The, the seasons, um, despite the company's former involvement in the sh- distribution of the series. Mm-hmm. So they were at one point responsible for distributing the series. Yes. And they pulled back. Or like Me Too happens. Yeah. They pull back. Get and away. Say, Go away. Um, the third season stars R.J. Seiler, Jessica Sula, Jujoria Wiggum, C.J. Wallace, Tyga, Tyler Posey, and Kiki Palmer with supporting roles by Tony Todd, Mary J. Blige, and Paris Jackson. Ooh. I, I do just want to uh, thank you for hitting Tyga so hard. You're like, Tyga? And I'm like, okay, yeah, rapper. Uh, rapper extraordinaire. Um, hasn't had a hit for a while. Hasn't had a hit for a while. I think people will remember him from, uh, I believe, uh, it's Rack City. God. Remember Rack City? No, I don't. Yeah, that's Tyga. I don't. <laughs> Um, the third season was titled Scream Resurrection. Okay. And also brought back the Ghostface costume as well as Roger R. Jackson. Oh. The voice of Ghostface. That's pretty sweet. See, I would watch that. The third season tells the story of local Atlanta football star Dion Elliott, Mm. who is tormented by his tragic past, the Ghostface killer, who begins a new killing spree. What I've heard Mm -hmm. is that the third season's trash. Oh, that's so, a shame. Yeah, okay, no, even bringing no. back Roger L. Jackson doesn't save it. Okay, um, well, never mind then. But to be fair, yeah, I haven't seen it, and it could be racist fans because it, be. it sounds like the third season is very black inspired. Yeah, with Queen Latifah as, as executive, executive producer, producer. Yeah, very large. Look at the cast. Very large. You got Tyga. Yeah, very large black cast, African American cast. Right. So I and wonder, maybe that bothered some of the fans. I wonder. Right. I wonder. Right. I wonder too. I, I wonder don't know. Too. I haven't seen it, so we have to. We have to watch. But but the general consensus is that the third season is no good. Okay. Cool. The second season of the Scream TV show featured a companion talk show titled Scream After Dark. Oh my God! They were doing that for that show. They that, that kind of started. That whole craze started with The Walking Dead. With yeah. uh, when Chris Talking Hardaway. Dead, yeah. Yeah, he started getting that whole thing with Talking Dead, and then it kind of just became this thing where it was like the show, and then you had to watch this mini after show where actors were on to yeah. talk about oh, yeah. the episode, and it became such a craze, and they started doing it with all these AMC shows. I remember that specifically. It was like Walking Dead at one point, then I think they did it a little bit with um, Better Call Saul when that was airing. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. They were doing all types, and I was like, God almighty, this is like... And I think, I think Breaking Bad got a little bit of it towards the end. I was going to say Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah, I think it was like kind of in Probably the, the finale. Maybe the finale. Maybe like during the fifth season it started getting it. But it was kind of towards the end it got it. Yeah, it was interesting. The show was hosted by Jeffrey Self and it aired in three installments. Once after the season two premiere. Uh-huh. Once after the eighth episode. And the, the final after the season two finale. And featured member of the, members of the cast discussing the show. Of course. The Scream TV show also had a web series titled Scream. If I die. <laughs> that sounds terrible. And was released between seasons one and two and featured the six survivors of the first season recording a video of their last words before one of them is murdered in right. the second season. Okay, cool. I actually think it sounds pretty cool. That pretty sounds clever. pretty cool. The show overall received mixed reviews, but the second season being received the best. Nice. Uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary. Still Screaming, 
The ultimate scary movie. No way. <laughs> Is that what we've been joking about the whole time? Yes. Still screaming. Uh, the Ultimate Scary Movie Retrospective is a documentary directed by Ryan Turek, released in 2011. It features members of the cast and crew of the franchise, including Wes Craven, yeah. Nev Campbell, and David Arquette, talking about the first three films in the series, how they were made, and their legacy. Video games. Ooh. Video games. I feel like we're gonna, this is going to get through pretty quickly. Yeah, okay. Scream 4. Right. Is a mobile game released on the iOS and Android devices in 2011 in promotion of the fourth film in the series. I don't like this already. Uh, mobile games are always terrible. In the game, you control Ghostface as you go on a killing spree, trying not to get seen. Now, the gameplay features the player <laughs> touching and swiping lines that are presented on the screen. The game is no longer available. I wonder why. That sounds like so psychopath. I've seen the game. You... Control goes face. You walk around. And you go on a killing Somebody's spree. Somebody's on a... Some victims walk around. You have to sneak up on a victim. Uh-huh. When you get, get them, it's like the the fruit ninja thing. They get the, like, I was swipe, about to say fruit ninja. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> well, it's not that. It's not that. But, like, when you go to somebody... Yeah, yeah, three, away, yeah. three, like, or, like, lines of blood come across the screen. You have to swipe. And that's how you kill the people. That's terrible. That was like fun. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I like the idea of just. Uh, I do like the idea of a fruit ninja scream though, it's just where people. it's where it's just people being thrown in the air and you're just like, yeah, 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 you're just swiping away at it, going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just chopping people pieces. That's oh fantastic. my god! And you just have like the little scream mask and it's the knife, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, uh, why hasn't that been done yet? Can we get that? Can we market that? <laughs> Let's do it. Franchise me trademark. Scream Fruit Ninja. All right. We'll do a 30 second commercial. It's me going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't even see the game. You just see me going, yeah. <laughs> and it goes, Scream Fruit Ninja. Like That's that. all people need. In 2017, it was announced that a Scream video game was in the works. It appears that development did not get very far. Ah. But rumors were that the game was going to blend the TV show and the movies together. And the story would feature the death of Sidney Prescott. Don't love that. Don't love um, that. Especially when they're going to try to do it in the video game form. Because yeah. you know they're going to try to make that canon. And it's like, eh, no. I don't like that. Yeah. If, if Sidney Prescott's death is going to happen, it's going to be in a movie. You cannot do it in a video game. It does not work for yeah. me. That does not fly. The game was being developed by horror game dev before stepping away. Right. This concept did lead to a small fan-made itch.io game right. in 2021. Okay. So. Why haven't they done one of those... Um, like the Friday the 13th game where somebody controls Ghostface and yeah. then the other players are survivors and you have to kind of just... There's some stuff like that. Kind of. We'll, yeah. we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight is a 2016 horror survivor game. Yes. Released on the PC and eventually the Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and mobile devices. Yes. It is both an action and survival game where a killer tries to hunt down four survivors. Yes. Do you ever play this game? Uh, yeah, we actually ha- I I have this uh, on uh, uh, my PS5, and um, currently featuring uh, Nick Cage as a yes. playable character. Yes, it is. Um, it's pretty it's pretty intense. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. I've messed around with it. I'm like, okay, it's pretty. Have cool. you seen the the ghost face in there? I haven't seen the ghost face. I I've I've only so I've seen John play it. Friend of the show, John. Yeah. I've seen him play it. Um, and it's fun. It's fun. Uh, in 2019, the game released a DLC pack featuring the ghost, the ghost face, the, the ghost face yeah, as that's a different. playable ki- playable killer. However, the game was only able to get the rights to the scream mask, 
right. which are different than the rights for the character. So the go- this Ghostface's real identity is the original character of Danny Johnson, who's a narcissistic newspaper journalist who covers the Ghostface murders by day and commits them by night. Wow. Uh, He's moonlighting. This version is not voiced by Roger L. Jackson. Of course it's not. If you can't, if you can only get the rights to the mask, there's no way you're yeah. getting Roger L. Jackson. Different styles of the Ghostface mask are also available in the game. Okay. I've heard good things about the game. Yeah, Dead by Daylight's fun. It's a, it's a, it's kind of one of those ever expanding games. Like they're always adding expansion packs and new people to play as and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I mean, I get it. You know, if if you have Ghostface, though, that's pretty cool. But like I said, it's kind of it seems like they're always getting like new horror icons. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, Nick Cage. <laughs> well, because he's in, he's been doing a lot of horror recently too. I just thought because so. it was like nuts. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> He's becoming a little bit of a horror icon himself. He is, yeah. I mean, he played Dracula recently. Yeah. Very recently. Um, did you see the trailer? You probably didn't. There was a trailer for a new movie for, like, the I want to see it. Yeah, it looks uh, really wanna, good, doesn't it? It's him and Michael Sarah, right? Yeah. It's him and Michael Sarah. Um, it looks really well, he's good. He's in Everybody's Dream. He's in Everybody's Dream, and he's, like, this guy, and he's like, who, who, what dream was I in? It looks like a comedy drama deal, but yeah. I was in. I watched the trailer, and I'm good, like... I've heard good things. I was 100%. I was like, this looks great. Yeah, I was in. I've heard good things. Ghostface, right? Horror, horror icon. Horror icon. Of course he's in Call of Duty. Ghostface um, is available to be stop, played. Stop. I don't want to hear it. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. In Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. No. In Call of Duty Warzone. No. That's not possible. He only kills using a knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> this was part of a DLC pack called The Haunting, uh-huh. which featured Halloween-based items such as Ghostface as a playable character and his infamous knife being available as a weapon. Okay. Feels like that wouldn't be useful in Call of Duty, though. Uh, the pack also featured the mode Scream Deathmatch, which pits two random players as Ghostface, equipped with a speed boost, machete, and tomahawk, hunting down other players only equipped with a stun grenade. Right. So this is kind of what we were talking about then. This is kind of like the Friday the yeah. 13th. It's like a game within a game. Okay. Every 15 seconds, the players scream, giving away their location. Right. So it's... That so sounds interesting. That sounds fun. That sounds like a fun like mini game within a yeah. game where you're kind of like, ah, let's try a different That's game. That's the way you say it. If you're just playing Ghostface in like a random COD match. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like you're just walking around as Ghostface shooting. I, and I know, so I think the famous nice knife makes sense because they have like handheld weapons. Oh, they do. Yeah. So you get the knife, which is cool. But like I can't get over like Ghostface using like an AR-15. Maybe that's what it is. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know if he is. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just shooting know. knives. Maybe he has a knife gun. You know? Well, I mean, maybe maybe it's only available in that match. I don't right. know. Okay, I mean, cool. I don't know. Gotcha. Well, that's, um, that's interesting. I was not expecting to say uh, uh, Ghostface appears in COD. I have to ask my brother about that. He plays those, he played those games for a bit. Oh, Christ. Oh, God. He really does. Oh, man. That's a shame. We just pulled up an image, and it literally is uh, Ghostface... With a gun, with a machine gun in Call of Duty. Wow, that's something. They were uh, they were reaching, weren't they? In uh, 2022, Echo's face skin briefly became available to use in Among Us. Uh, okay, Among Us. You that is, Among uh, Us? Yeah, that's the uh, the multiplayer game where you're on the ship and yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I I've played this. This was like a craze for a while during like the COVID during COVID uh, times. And I completely understood why. 
I have not played that game in a really long time since COVID because I just don't have time now. Yeah. But at the time, it was, it was kind of it was a comfort. Fun. It was a comfort food game, and you're kind of like, yeah, I can still connect with people. And uh, I know there was a lot of people doing like Zoom calls or like uh, Discord was a big thing, and people were just talking and going, oh, I think it was you. It was fun. Uh, but that's interesting. That's cool that he uh, pops up and as an alternate costume. I like yeah. that. Uh, board game. Yeah. Do you believe there's a Scream Monopoly? Absolutely not. <laughs> there's no Scream Monopoly. Yeah. I'd be blown away if they had a Monopoly. I mean, like, what do you even do? Stu's house. Two million dollars. <laughs> You're in Stu Mocker's house. You're in Stu Mocker's house, and that's two million dollars. Oh, my God. Billy Loomis's original knife. Five million dollars. <laughs> Um, but Scream the Game is a 2023 board game produced by Funko. Funko! It is a tabletop game based on the franchise in which the Ghostface Killer returns to Woodsboro and the players must help each other to escape. Yeah. The game is fast-paced with 20-minute rounds. Right. It features a Ghostface figure to attract the killer movements and a free downloadable game app that features original narration by... Mr. Roger, Roger L. Jackson. L. Jackson. I'll tell you right now, I like this a lot. I, I actually like when uh, movies do like really cool inspired board games like that um, because it, that sounds like you it, it is a co-op game where you're playing cooperatively against the game. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's always a lot of fun to me because I'm like, that's really interesting because, yeah, no, I, I'd play that. I would honestly play that. That sounds, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Like, I love, game, I love cooperative games where you're playing against the game itself. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I would play that. That sounds really fun. That's going to lead us into toys and merchandise. Yes. Toys and merchandise. Ghostface action figures and collectibles were made, including a Ghostface Funko Pop. Right. Uh, the Ghostface costume became a hugely popular Halloween costume. Yeah, still is to this um, day, I would argue. After the success of the first film, and different variations have been released over the years. Mm-hmm. Do you remember um, you remember any of the different versions of the Ghostface costume or whatever uh, from our youth? No, no, I don't. There's one version I remember being really popular uh-huh. when we were in school, which uh, has the heart, the heart okay. pump. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Like, it's like a heart pump, and you squeeze it, and yeah. it fills the mask up. Oh, with, with blood. blood! Yeah, I remember that. Yes, I do remember this. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, those were interesting. It, it's a cool idea. It's a cool inspired idea for sure. Yeah, now I kind of want that. Maybe I'll do that for Halloween. I know that there's um like rainbow ones and stuff, but I wonder too like. Knowing what I Rainbow know about ones. If you're into Scream and you like gay pride, I think it's even before that. I think it just nah. I think part of it has to do with now that I know that, like you know, those the rights with the mask and stuff. Right. That like I wonder if like I forget the company that owns the mask rights, but if like they're just producing like their own things that aren't right, like right. official Ghostface merchandise, like, yeah, right? Might, right. Like okay. Might be like the peanut-eyed ghost or whatever they were called. Right. Which is the, essentially the ghost face image. Right. But they can do whatever they want with it. Makes sense. You know okay, I mean? cool, cool, cool. But yeah, I remember, I really remember that. Uh, I do remember the blood thing now, blood yeah. Thing. Yeah, that was that was a pretty cool inspired well, idea. Looking at it now, like, there's kids in my elementary school dressed up as ghost face. Yeah, that's called bad parenting. <laughs> it's bad parenting for you folks. Um, don't let your... Uh, <laughs> Don't let your third grader show up with a scream costume pumping blood into the mask. How about that? <laughs> oh my God. And maybe uh, maybe we wait till middle school for that phase, right? Maybe we made it till like eighth grade, and you're like, okay, you know, get uh, a little teen angst. I get it. A, a section, third grade? No. A section I added for this one: parodies and references in pop culture. Okay. Scream. Let's just talk, let's just talk scary movie. <laughs> scream was famously parodied in 2000s. Mm-hmm. Scary movie. Yeah. 
uh, with much of the film's plot being based off the first Scream, as well as Scream 2, mm-hmm. and I Know What You Did Last Summer. A scary movie then launched a franchise of its own, with four other f- uh, sequels parodying other horror films and pop culture headlines. The film was known for helping to launch the film career of Anna Faris. Yes, it was. Yeah, she we was will, a name after that. I didn't go into full details, because mm-hmm. obviously we'll be talking about that one Yeah, day. that's another thing. We don't um, need the full detail. In Perfect World, mm-hmm. maybe we should you know, tied this into scary movie, but it's like, do we really want to do that yet? Um, I don't think we needed to because no. I mean, like, I really don't because it just uh, scary movies. Okay, they kind of get progressively worse. Worse. I, I actually I like the first two. I do think the first two are pretty. I th- but again, I like the first two Scream, so maybe that's why I like the first two. I like the first two. Well, the, the three, second one's not Scream. It's not. No, it's not. It's like a haunted house movie, yeah. basically. But um, yeah, no, well. We didn't have to do it back-to-back. I wouldn't have liked doing that anyway. Uh, next, let's talk about Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Okay. This sounds like a parody movie. It is a straight-to-video parody film. Ah, uh, straight-to-video. Uh, released in 2000. And it mocks the horror genre and pop culture in general with the main story and characters being mainly a parody of Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and Dawson's Creek. Right. All Kevin Williamson project of course so it sounds like somebody just had it out for kevin williamson uh, wanted to uh skewer him a little bit wait for um these names okay this is a uh, comedy i think at his lowest oh um, oh no okay go ahead it stars harley cross as dawson deary julie benz as barbara prime suspect mahandra delfino oh. as martina martinez Oh. Simon Rex as Slab O Beef. Simon Rex. God. As He's sl- come a long way. Slab O Beef. Slab O Beef. Okay. Danny Strong as Boner. Wow. Good God. Coolio as Principal Interest. Coolio. Principal Interest or the Administrator formerly known as Principal. Coolio. I mean, I get it, I guess. I mean, like, you know what I mean. He's trying to get an acting career off the ground. Tom Arnold. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> As Doey Prime Suspect. <laughs> Doey Prime Suspect. Slash. Okay, Slash? There's slash. more? Okay. His identical twin cousin, Hardy the Killer. Okay. Look, this is... This is uh, this is truly comedy at its lowest. There's more? You have more? Tiffany Amber Thiessen uh-huh. as Hagatha Utsley. Okay. Utsley is pig Latin yeah. for slut. Yeah. I, yeah. I kind of figured that probably meant that. And Amy Graham as Screw from Behind. Wow. This is bad. This is really bad. I mean, this is like very low-tier comedy we're talking about. I've seen the majority of this movie. you watch watched this? It's not awful, believe it or not. It's 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 very much in the vein of scary movie. Did you watch this for the podcast? No, no, no. You watched this a long time ago. I came across. I think it was on like maybe Comedy Central, maybe like oh, okay, a step down from Comedy Central. Right. I saw it on TV. I gotcha. Think, a long time gotcha. Ago. It was probably on Comedy Central. Comedy Central is pretty um, pretty low tier. <laughs> uh, the film was originally titled "I Know What You Screamed Last Semester," but was changed due to pressure from Miramax. Okay. It has a fourteen percent. On Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Well, great. I'm glad that exists. Uh, the Scream series has been spoofed in various forms of media over the years. I have a list. Mm-hmm. I initially made a list of every movie, TV show, project that mentioned or Jeez. made reference to it. It was two pages long. 
Yeah, I'm glad uh, we didn't do that. Not doing this. Yeah. But things that have spoofed Scream, Saturday Night Live, of course. the MTV Movie Awards, Mad TV, Dawson's Creek, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, mm-hmm. Third Rock from the Sun, Dead Air, mm-hmm. Idle Hands, The Simpsons, The Bogus Witch Project. Oh, by the way, I kept that all the porn stuff, too. There's a lot of porn <laughs> stuff. Oh. I kind of wish you kept it in. There's a lot of porn I wish you kept the porn in. That would have been funny. Casper's Haunted Christmas. Robot Chicken. Popular. Even Stevens. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm -hmm. Reality Check. I Downloaded a Ghost. uh, Severe Injury. Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. Rugrats All Grown Up. 32nd Bunny Theater. Hot Fuzz. Rosario Plus Vampire. The Starter Wife. Demo Reel. The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Hookman 2, Dashy XP, Gum, sorry, The Amazing World of Gumball. Yeah. Loki. Loki. Uh, Studio C, Boy Meets World. Yeah. Is a very notable one. And finally, WWE Monday Night Raw. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> WWE Monday Night Raw. We love, uh, we love our wrestling here, because that's great. Um, really wish you kept the porn in, though, pal. You know, that would have been really good. I believe one is called Moan. Moan. Instead okay. of scream. Sure. Um, and I forget what else. Sure. Um, but yeah, WWE Monday Night Raw, our uh, truth attacks John Cena while he's wearing a, a ghost face costume. Nice. Thank you, our truth We love uh, you. And the Boy Meets World one, too. I wanted to mention that because that was a specifically a very famous episode of Boy Meets World that uh, when I was a kid, I watched it and scared the shit out of me. Right. And they make a lot of references, like, you know, they're like, we're in a horror movie or. You know, oh my god, this stuff's happening, and they're really kind of like spoofing Scream. So right, I think a great porn title would be. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really stuck on the porn. No, no, you're good. Uh, like uh, I don't know, like Scream Triple X rearranged guts. I mean, do you want me to look up the you know Scream what I mean? porn like, re- titles? You know what I mean? Rearranged guts. I think he's got like a giant. I, I, I okay, got, I cool. Just make sure you got it. No, you can move on. Move on. We don't need it. 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 It's, uh, you know, it's like Scream Triple X. Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, Never mind. No, it's all good. Move on. Move on. I don't want to get stuck on this. It's not creative. It's not creative. Yeah. My friend, that's going to bring us to the end of, uh... It's going to bring us to the end of the extended franchise. Right. It's not creative. It's not creative. (laughs) It's funny. You just went... It's not creative. It's not creative. (laughs) Like, if you're going to make a porn parody, you got to have a creative. It's got to be creative, right? It's got to be creative. We're at the end of the extended franchise, though. Yes. That's it. It's pretty That's quick. It. That right? was quick. That was quick. Um, I didn't expect it to be too much, though. I figured it was uh, going to be quick. I knew of the TV show. I knew that was kind of probably the big thing. The documentary sounds interesting, though. I would. Uh, I would watch. Yeah. That doc. I would watch that doc. There and you know what? I think I had some stuff on um, books. I think I, I mm-hmm. meant to. Put, there was some book stuff. I think too. Um, I, I Scream would do really well in like comics. There, there isn't any of that as far as Which is surprising. I, I think there was like some books about like the making of, and I, I, right. I meant to, and of course there's novelizations of all the movies. Yeah, or, of course. Or a lot of the movies. I meant to include those. I, I, I think I had those written down at one point, and I just, I guess, I didn't get transferred to the computer. Right. But you know, like a lot of uh, the time, um, like novels use like the ghost face image. Right. On their book, but they won't have anything to do with Scream. Like they'll yeah. make you think it's Scream, but it's not. It's not. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. Well, nice. And again, the, uh, and also the uh, other thing too I wanted to mention is um, you can't kill David Arquette, which uh, I mentioned before, but it's a documentary um, about David Arquette. I right. Mean, you know, 
uh, obviously starring him, and I, I don't know if he directed it or whoever directed it. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. But he was very heavily involved about his uh, wrestling career, his decision to go back into wrestling. But they talk a lot about you know him, his popularity through the screen movies. And right. Courtney Cox is in there, and she, uh, you know, he talks to her about if he should get back into wrestling and stuff like that. Right. Um, and kind of her reaction because apparently, and it shows that they do have like a good relationship still and things right. like that. So, uh, that's good. And, you know, interesting to anything to throw out there too. Sure. But, cool. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, I, I do want to, I actually meant to check it out before this, but I just didn't get a chance. Nah, no big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, there's some stuff you could do with it. There, but really, what are you going to do with like a horror? I feel like the horror stuff's not going to be as big. You know what I mean? It's not like, going to be as in depth. And uh, what we get is pretty cool. What we get is pretty cool. I the, wish that Call of Duty thing was a game, though. Like it's a like separate actual, game. Yeah, right? like an actual game. You know, that'd be pretty cool. I'd be into that. That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. You don't want to play COD? Nah, no, nah, nah, I don't. I really don't. Oh I'm God. out on that. I'm surprised he's not, he's not in um, Fortnite, to be honest with you. You know, maybe by the time the seventh movie comes, we, we get that. I know when those movies start to come up, we start to get cross Because, I mean, let's, uh, you know, cross-promotion of video games is a really big thing now uh, for films in, yeah. in particular and music artists and stuff like that. Like, a lot of things are kind of cross, you know, are getting promotion within video games that's kind of like this new realm where uh media can be yeah and so i wouldn't be surprised based off of a movie they'll put a movie character into Into the game game. so i would not be surprised if we happen to see uh ghostface pop up in Fortnite or something like that that would make total sense to me i'd be like yeah that makes sense that makes sense and they're really big in getting those icons so that'd be cool here's a really good idea here's what they should do i can't believe they haven't done this yet ghostface but in overcooked Oh. That's a great idea. Come on. That's the cooking game, right? That's the cooking game. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. There are um, people talking about how you can get Ghostface in Fortnite, but it doesn't look like it's official. Okay, so that's all right. Cool. Well, extended franchise. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, keep this ball rolling. We're going to get through this pretty quickly. Let's talk about the what's about the future of the franchise. Let's do it. So uh, an initial fifth film was planned in the early 2010s to mm-hmm. follow up. For the fourth film, which we talked about. Right. But due to the underperformance of the fourth film, uh, fifth film didn't happen at the time, and uh, Nev Campbell actually doubted that the fifth film would ever happen. Right. Uh, in 2013, Harvey Weinstein uh, stated that he was trying to convince his brother to greenlight a fifth movie to end the series, saying, quote, We've milked that cow. <laughs> After the Weinstein scandal and the closure of the Weinstein Company, uh, the rights to the franchise became available, and in 2019, rumors started that Plumhouse Productions was interested in acquiring the rights. Right. Uh, but in November of 2019, Spyglass Media got the rights to make a sequel. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. After the sixth film, Scream 5 and six directors, Matt Bettinelli, Copen, and Tava Gillette, were hopeful for a seventh film, quote, whether we're involved, involved or not. Yeah. And also said that they were hopeful for Nev Campbell's return to the series, and they were not giving up on her to return her return yet. Yeah. Uh, in August 2023, it was announced that a seventh film was officially in production and will be directed by Christopher Landon, who directed Freaky and Happy Death Day. Right. Uh, with Matt Bettinelli open and Tyler Gillette now serving as executive producers on the film. As of now, there is no writer attached due to the writer's strike. Right. Um, but I would imagine now that it's officially over, it's probably a matter of time before uh, this guy, Christopher Landon's probably announced as also the writer. Right. Because he's written on those movies. He's a writer-director. Yeah. Right. You know, he's written on previous movies such as Freaky and Happy Death Day to You. 
Uh, it is possible he will write the film. He probably will. We'll see what happens. No announcements of cast have occurred due to the actor strike, but it's expected that the surviving characters of Scream 6 will return. Right. Uh, no date for the film has been announced due to the delays from the actor writer strike, but it is expected that the film will released, be released no earlier than 2025. That makes sense. Yeah, they need time with the strike and all that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, because even if they get a script tomorrow, they're still... Actors still, are still on strike, yeah. and you still have to film it and get everything together and do production, yeah. pre-production, all that. Yeah, it's it's. We're probably not going to see it till twenty-five. Yeah, but uh, what would you want to see in the future? You know, as we go forward here, what, what do you want to see in the future of the screen franchise? Yeah, I mean, like I think I've kind of said this before: um, a seventh film where you wrap up this current. Um, story of cast of characters with Jenna Ortega and all of them and you, you you do that story you finish that out you give us one more with this cast I don't know if it's going to be any good or not although uh, we've heard some rumors about where Seven could be going Yeah, we've heard know, rumors we'll talk about that too we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit and if they go that direction I think that's the perfect way to just say like this is this is the last in this trilogy of characters and I think it's it's great it's a great idea and I hope they do it um, but after that, what I would like to see is them take a break from screen movies, yeah. which I don't often uh, say, but I think it would actually be a really good idea to take a break for like 10 years. Let horror develop. Let horror develop, see where it goes. Um, I kind of mentioned this, I think, on an earlier episode, though, but the idea of, you know, we're kind of seeing this rise, and they talk about in Scream 5, but of elevated horror, of these, like, of uh, your Midsummers, your Hereditary, kind of led by Ari Aster, in a way, your infinity pools, all that stuff. Afraid. This horror that's kind of like, you know, it's intellectual and it makes you think and it's different. And I need therapy. Yeah, and I get it. And that's a really great idea. Um, but I think let that run its course, right? Let that run its course over the next 10 years and watch it kind of descend because it's only going to get worse. It's fresh right now, but it's only going to get worse. So when you get to the end, you kind of just let it simmer. You let it simmer out and then you come back with Scream and you destroy all the tropes of quote-unquote elevated horror. That's yeah, well, what I would like. You mentioned those rumors, right? So those rumors that I, I, the rumors. Heard, yeah. I heard. Now, I don't know if this is true because sure. I, I, had, I had seen somebody on the Scream subreddit post. Right. The next Scream movie should be like this. Right. And then, like, the next day I saw a thing saying the next Scream movie will be like this. Right. So I don't know if they're sourcing. If it's real, if it's not real. Well, they might have been sourcing that person. Gotcha. You know what I mean? He wasn't saying the person was just asking the question, gotcha. but or they were they were giving their pitch, right? Uh, and the pitch I heard was a holiday Christmas horror movie, which I think is perfect because Scream is already known to come out around the holidays, yeah. around whether it's January or December, yeah, around there. So making a holiday horror movie where they're also like you mentioned, kind of commenting, yeah. on this holiday horror franchise or, or, or genre um, I think is really interesting and I yeah. think there's some really cool visuals that you can do with the costume mm -hmm. with Christmas lights with mm -hmm. Christmas tree mm -hmm. with presents with candy canes the amount that you can do and especially because uh, you know my, one, of, one of our kind of sleeper hits of last year Violent Night Oh, kind of plays so, with that. So much fun. Yeah. So much fun. And but imagine that as a scream movie. You know what I mean? Like kind of, obviously more horror based and meta and all that. But that's the kind of vibe I would like to see uh, yeah. if they decide to do that for the seventh movie. And you had said the thing too, where they could even comment on the fact that the scream movies 
came out in December early yeah. on, and yeah. maybe they could reference the fact like, oh, remember the first uh, stab, stab two? They both came out in, like around Christmas. Really? It was like anti-programming. Horror and they kind of the holidays. yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror doesn't happen around the holidays, but fun. If, I mean, funny enough, we're literally getting a Thanksgiving horror movie this year called uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, it. Very exciting. Very exciting. Mr. Eli Roth, uh, master of horror, oh as they call him. Um, it'll be fine. Um, he's he's on and off for me. He does some good things, and there's other things I'm like, ah, okay, I don't know. He did that movie with, uh, we talked about it before, with Keanu and... Anna de Armas. Yeah, Anna de Armas. The one where he has the, uh, the threesome. Yeah, he does mm, that they movie. They bury him in the dirt. Yeah, they bury him in the dirt. And they're just like, oh, what'd you do? And he's like, he's like I just wanted that guy you like it was just like okay relax Keanu anyway um, the house the, the house the clock in its walls the children oh home, home movie yeah with Jack Black and all that yeah that didn't do very well yeah oh, oh well anyway that's what I want he's for making sure. um or he made quote unquote that Borderlands he's doing Borderlands yeah well, I think the he video got, game. I think he got replaced he probably did or they they did reshoots yeah quote unquote quote unquote with a different director uh oh I smell a borderline. I smell Eli Roth's Borderlands coming. It's gonna be a four-hour cut. Oh um, okay, but anyway, Scream Seven. That's what I want to see. I would like and to that's see what that. I want to see in the, out of the franchise. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Well, let's talk about the franchise overall, right? Sure. What are your uh, overall opinions on this franchise? I would venture to say that I actually really love this franchise. I agree. Um, I don't even think this is a situation where I like the franchise. I think I really love this, and I think I really was pleasantly surprised by this. Because some of these movies, you know, I, I had seen 5 and 6 more recently coming into this. Because I they had kind of been back-to-back years. I saw both of them in theaters, and I really, like, remembered them going into this. But I was, I you know, and obviously the first movie is pretty iconic and sits in my head and i'm like right but i hadn't seen like two three four in a while and being able to like go into this and then watching two and being like this is a really good like sequel three of course we were a little on, but the the ideas in the movie were really interesting still yeah yeah. and then just that sleeper hit of four i was like this is a way better franchise than i was in like ever anticipated and um it was, it's it's been a really solid journey. Like going through these movies, I'm like, this is really quite the horror franchise. Not even just a horror franchise, but film franchise in general that comments on horror film and film in general and all of these things. And you just kind of like, I, I don't really get how anybody could watch Scream and like dislike it fully. I mean, I get some people would, but like for me, I was like, this is kind of like a real top tier franchise for me this is really awesome yeah. so I, I for me really excellent I mean, a really I, really fun and excellent journey I don't think there's a bad movie in the bunch I agree with you I think there's one that's significantly worse than the other. Three, three is in Three is eh. But the other ones are so good, that's the problem. This was kind of, for me, you know the best thing I could compare this to? This was kind of like our Bill and Ted journey. Yeah. Where we were just pleasantly surprised every week, and we're like, ah, this is really great. I, I do understand, like, you know, I again, I saw the sixth movie with John, and he liked the movie. Yeah. But he he didn't like, like, he Mindy was a little off-putting for him because it was too meta, too sure. self-referential. Sure. Which I get it. Some people might not like that aspect yeah, yeah, of yeah. it. So I do understand, like, if you don't like meta, especially with, like, something like 4, right? Right. Um, you know, maybe, you know, like, the opening of 4 is so meta and right. so self-referential that these are 
movie, a movie, and a movie, and a movie. Right. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of like filmception. It's a little too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a little. Too so much. I get that, but overall, like, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it to the point that like. I insisted on doing this, even though my voice is shot because I just wanted to talk about these movies. Yeah, so I know, I know, I know. Um, because I, I absolutely love this franchise. I had so much fun with it, and I think that if you love movies, whether it's horror movies or just regular movies, mm-hmm. you really will be surprised by this franchise, and you'll end up really liking it because right. it's fun, it's exciting, it's scary, mm-hmm. it's thrilling, keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's meta. There's some really standout moments. It's funny. It's meta. There's some great, and it's great. It's great characters. There's some great characters in this franchise. Right. They're absolutely incredible. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. The, I mean, there are iconic characters, and it has the benefit of having one of the most iconic horror scenes of all time yeah. to kick off the franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like there's no there's nothing bad here. Did this need to be a franchise? Absolutely. Yes. One hundred percent. Uh, what are the highest and lowest moments of this franchise for you, my friend? Jeez, man. Okay, so, like, honestly, like, the franchise as a whole is a high for me. Like, it's, to, to, but to be really specific, it is that first movie. It is the opening scene of the first movie. That's probably the highest high, is that first scene. Because not only is it just an iconic scene on its own that's kicking off, you know, an iconic film. To me, that is, and I've said this over and over, it's this iconic film, it's this iconic scene that kicks off the franchise, Right, like every they keep going back to that, and they're like that that opening scene. There's a reason every movie opens the way it does. It's because that first one yeah. did so well, and um, that's a standout to me. Um, a high, other highs. Scream Two just being like a really great sequel. Um, Nev Campbell, uh, David Arquette, um, Courtney Cox, Liev Schreiber. These yeah. were all like to me major standouts in this franchise. Uh, the new cast, I think, really stands well on their own. Yeah, and I think those those latter two movies are highs. Four being the sleeper hit, it is absolute high. Yeah, um, Roger L. Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. And his performance in four, whew, unreal, absolutely yeah. unreal. Um, uh, the twists, the meta nature, all of that is 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 a high to me. But like for you, what are highs? Because um, it feels like you can just kind of go on about. Well, highs. I mean, look, if I had to pick like something from each movie, right? Probably um, in the opening scene of one. Yeah. Um, as far as two goes, probably like I think they made a good choice in two. As weird as it may sound, to be a high to kill Randy because it it's something that they're afraid to do in these later movies. That like, sure, even though you love these characters. And you love watching them. It adds stakes by eliminating from the, them from the movie, and therefore the movie is more intense because Randy dies. So in a way, a high for me is that they pulled a trigger and they killed a beloved character. Right. In the in that movie. Sure. Uh, three a high is the the, the recreated scene. Oh on the yeah. Set of the, the recreated yeah. set is really that's a um, that's a great scene. Four. I think there's some really great stuff with four. Um, uh, the social media, uh, the stuff? social media aspect, of really it. ahead of its time. Um, the ending, the ending with Jill Roberts, you yep. know, just, just absolutely, just destroying herself and <laughs> throwing herself. Um, in the thing. Five, um, just like the commentary on toxic fandom is a high, right? Me, right. The jokes about Ryan Johnson directing Stab Eight, yeah. it's really, really, really funny. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, and then six, I think the new, the new setting is, is a high. Yeah, to me. New York. I think um, the use of Kirby. Mm-hmm. That movie is a high to me. I right. know some people didn't love it. I, I, I like that she's back, um, and I I like I like uh, the chemistry of that new cast. Really being right. able to carry the movie and do their own thing without 100%. having to rely on really this established uh, legacy characters. They didn't need them. 
So I think that's high. Nice. But as far as lows, what about lows for you? Lows for me, it's 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 definitely got a. A lot of this is Scream Three based. I mean, it's definitely like Scream Three, like as a whole movie, it, it, it is a low. It's a bit. It's a it's a weak script. It is a it's a very weak script. It's too meta for its own good. It just gets. It, it, I, I think the problem with that movie, and we didn't really say this, but I think that movie, the biggest problem is that like maybe its head is a little too far up its own ass is maybe the best mm. way to put it. I think that's probably what it is. Well, I think um, it's also handicapped by everything going on at the time. And it's handicapped that's by everything else going on, exactly. Like the violence and of the time. We talked about in that episode, but I think that's part of it too. Um, maybe some other lows. I, I try to like break things down. I don't even... like uh, what? Uh, Harvey Weinstein. The Weinstein. The Weinstein's involvement, of course. Of course, yeah. is a low, yes. Um, oh, also in highs. Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson? We didn't even mention yeah, that. Yeah, 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 Wes Craven and William, Kevin Williamson. It's just shout out to those two. Um, but yeah, low, it's pro- it's a lot of Scream 3 it's stuff. Really, it's hard it's to really find the low. It's really Scream 3, man. right? Uh, not paying Nev Campbell. Not paying Nev Campbell and kind of losing her in six. Hopefully, pay her. Pay her. Get her back for seven. Pay her and get her back. The problem is that six did well without her. I know. So it's like... You don't. They're gonna probably and be like, "Do we need her?" You know exactly. I mean? It's like, "Do we need her?" But like, also, and, and you could really just kind of end her story after five. It is kind of a passing of the torch movie anyway. So it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe they take the gamble and just use no legacy characters in seven. That would be bold, right? They yeah. should do it. Yeah. Um, well, then who's the standout performer to you of this franchise? <sighs> Man, there is a real argument here. I'm. I really only have two people in my head, and that's Nev Campbell and David Arquette. Yeah. Those are the two in my head. I would also throw I, in Roger L. Jackson. Just I would throw in Roger L. Jackson for the but, performance, but, it's, but I, it's it's one of those two. Roger L. Jackson, the vocal performance stands on its own. Obviously, it's legendary. Yeah. It's going to stand the test of time. It obviously incredible stuff. Um, and I think four is his best performance by far. It's incredible. But for the two that we have, I think I'm going to take Nev Campbell because and and you can take Arquette if you want, but I'm I'm going to take Nev Campbell as much as I love Arquette in these movies he's incredible he um is tragic he's funny he has a lot of just moments where you're he can either make you laugh or make you feel really emotional and you know where they take that character by the time scream 2022 comes out scream 5 if you will by the time that comes out it's kind i know by the time that comes out it's kind of like you know he gets this tragic ending and we talked about how the performance in that movie just blows away everything else he did throughout the franchise but Nev Campbell carried this franchise on her back for like five movies straight and brought it every single time. Well, there I, wasn't one movie where I was like, she's not good in this. She was great in every movie. It got better every time. The exploration of the character of Sidney Prescott was so well done throughout these movies. And every single movie, you're seeing her grow. You're seeing her become a better person. You're seeing her take on Ghostface like head on without any like hesitation. It, I mean, it's really a great character story for Sydney Prescott, I and I think agree, Nev Campbell yeah. carries that so well, and that's why I'm picking her. I completely agree. Um, I mean, it's the fact that even in three, when she's not in it, it's a boring movie, right? Yes, I think that stands alone as a, as a proof of how important she is to this franchise. To me, she really is, you know, the Jamie Lee Curtis, right, of this franchise. Or uh, those Halloween movies, I think, are better with her in it. I think, you know, Scream 6 still works without her. And I think, sure. that, that, I think that that's a good sign. 
It's, it's a good sign. You don't but have did, to rely on her. Did you feel when you were watching Six Deadly like you kind of miss her a little bit? It, it, it's hard to think that it's a screen movie without her. It's it's it's, it's, it's weird. It's it's screen movie without her. And I think that's and and you're right. Six stands on its own. I'm not saying that the current cast can't carry the movie on the their pro- own. They can. The thing is, the, what they got lucky is that they cast the right people. In exactly. Roles. That's exactly what it is. They cast the right people and they were able to carry Six on their own and it was all good and I enjoyed Six. I really like it for what it is. But there it, there was definitely a part of me watching that and movie where I was like, ah, I kind of to be that, honest with you, know? you, probably the reason why they didn't kill any of those people is because I think you take even one person out. Of that four, it and might, it's not going to work as well. I think it crumbles. And I think they're afraid to kill somebody yep. because they know that they don't have a movie. It crumbles without without one of them. Yeah. Yep, you're absolutely right. One goes, and it's kind of like it's kind of like each of them is like because um, there's the core four, if you will. It's kind of like each of them are like a leg. It's like a leg yeah. on this on this tower, and if you just knock out one of those legs. The whole tower is going to come down. Well, That's kind of what it is. Ortega, Mason Gooding, uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown. Yep. One of those yeah. legs goes out. The whole tower goes. I think that's what it is. You're right. But um, yeah, I'm taking Nev Campbell for this. I agree. I agree. Oh, uh, what is the legacy of this franchise? Redefining the horror genre. As we said in the first episode, there is a reason uh, that horror after Scream is called post Scream yep. horror. This redefines the entire horror genre through the early 2000s, late 90s, early two th- and 2000s. Redefines it completely where to the point where other movies are trying to do what Scream does and can't do it on that level yeah. because they just they, they don't have Kevin Williamson writing their scripts quite honestly and they just they can't do it. I yeah. mean, it's it's a it, it doesn't work, but it is the redefining of the horror franchise. It is com- it is the the commenting on the genre as a whole and being meta that it is a horror movie and uh, throwing the rule book out the window and saying, we're going to maybe abide by some of the rules, but we're also going to tear up the rule book at the same time and do something different. It's a franchise that always keeps you guessing and always keeps these twists and turns coming. And no other, to me, horror franchise is doing what Scream is doing. Like, it stands alone and it stands among its own, like, mountain. It's on the mountaintop by itself as far as, like, uh, post-Scream horror. It is truly on the on the mountaintop. What's really great about the Scream movies is they are really smartly written. That is absolutely their strength. And you mentioned that, like, how they change this whole platform and all that. Um, it's, and that is Kevin Williams' writing, right? Like, it's really hard to tell these movies or to tell these stories and make these movies that are commenting on tropes of other movies mm-hmm. and actively pointing them out and and therefore being funny and having, you know, light moments, moments of, uh, you know, light in, in these darker movies, but also managing the, str- the bigger part of it is managing that it's actually scary mm-hmm. and effective because scary movie makes fun of these things and right. points fun of these things, but it's not scary right right it's it's not trying it's not trying to be it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be but it's not scary right you know anybody can kind of make fun of and parody films and genres and things like that but to also do it while being an, a, a great example of that genre yeah is what is great about screen yeah it stands out because it's not only making fun of and pointing out these things, but it is itself a great horror movie. And obviously I'm not saying that there haven't been great, you know, very smartly written horror movies. The Exorcist is considered one of the scariest movies of all time. You know, how many years later or whatever it is, 
Uh, 50, 50 years later or something like that? Uh, Almost 50 years or something? Yeah, something, something like that. We're coming up on it. And, you know, like, The Shining and Psycho, like, these are really important, well-written, smart movies. But, right. But the fact that, you know, they're really, uh, you know, poking fun of and, 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 and shining a light on on this. And, like, we've always been saying, like, they love horror, but they hate boring or lazy horror right bad horror bad horror right like yep. you know that that is the strength mm-hmm. uh, of this and, and that, that i think that is a legacy that it's they're they're smart even the ones that kevin williamson doesn't write at their strength they're smart movies right yeah and having Wes craven as director doesn't doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt either doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt either no uh where does this rank on the bill and ted scale this is most excellent I agree. It's yeah. most excellent. Absolutely. All right, real quick, let's uh, talk about Franchise Star. You know, we've been throwing out names. Yeah. If you had to pick anybody for this franchise, who would you add as a Franchise Star to this franchise? Man, oh, man. Uh, I'm going to just, I, I don't know. I think maybe I'm thinking, like, future installments, and um, I just would love to see David Schwimmer in this. I think he would just be really great, and uh, I think he'd be excellent. So I'm going to take Schwimmer. Interesting, interesting. Half tempted to say Paul Rudd. Um, he kind of just did only murders in the building. Well, that's the though. thing. That's the thing. Like, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's the thing. I've been big on that show. Yeah, it just ended. It was fantastic. Yeah, I heard it was great. Um, uh, he he was he was good in it, but it, that's kind of what he would do. Right. And he's also doing that with Ghostbusters too. I feel like too. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. It's hard. Anthony Mackie. Love that choice. Great choice. Great great choice. He'd be great yeah. in this. He'd be great in this. Yeah. I have some trivia for you, my friend. Hit me. Uh, I wrote six questions. One for each movie? One for each movie. Great. Uh, most of these are easy. Okay. There might be one short sure. one. Sure. Somewhere, maybe, not even. Let's do it. Uh, in Scream, Sydney offers to give Billy what kind of relationship? <laughs> A PG-13 relationship. Congratulations, Jeb. In Scream 2... Baby, I thought we could have an R-rated relationship. We settled the for EG-13. Here's my boobs. Here are my boobs. <laughs> in, Scream, <laughs> in Scream 2, which goes face amidst the getting stab happy with Randy. Uh, that was uh, Nancy Loomis. Absolutely. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. In Scream I, 3... I, I knew this would be the tough one. I was like, because it's the one I don't care about. Well, just listen to this. Okay. It's Scream 3, mm-hmm. which Christian rock band produced the soundtrack and provided two songs <laughs> for the film... Creed, baby! Can you take me higher? <laughs> oh, man. Do the <laughs> when blind men see. <laughs> oh, I hate Creed. What is the name of the stab theme party that Charlie and Robbie host in Scream 4? Stabathon. Yeah. Absolutely. In Scream 5, who directed Stab 8? Ryan Johnson. Absolutely. Bonus question for that. Okay. Who voiced the ghost face in the Stab 8 clip that we see? Oh, shoot. Um, I'll give you a hint. It was Stu Mocker. It was, uh, uh, oh, my God, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll give you a hint. He's a, like, yeah, no, I, he's I, I, I was like, yeah, I was trying to think of his name, Matthew Lillard. Uh, and finally, in Scream 6, which of the ghost face killers has a question mark next to their picture as well as mentions of rumors that they may still be alive? They have a question mark next to their Yeah, so picture. they show the board. The board, and one of them has the question mark. Yeah, and then, that they then, may still and be then throughout they say, 
Oh, well, is it Stu Mocker? It's Stu Mocker. Is it really? Okay, it's Stu Mocker. Gotcha. There's like, uh, I think Kirby says like, oh, yeah, Stu, you know, and, you know, Stu's dead or whatever. And or, this was Stu's whenever he died. And then I think um, Mindy says if you believe he's dead, you know. He could still be out there. I love how they play with that. Okay, cool. Because there, there was the thing that, you know, he was going to be alive in Scream 3. Right. So, my friend, it's crazy to say this, but we're already at our film rankings. Wow. Well, dude, look, it's just one of those episodes. One of, not well, that, even retrospective can be that, three hours that, and 15 and minutes. Then I think, like, we talked a lot about this franchise as it was going on. We Our episodes so are really long, so yeah. it's like, you know, it We had sense. such a good time. It's all good. Uh, but let's, uh, let's talk about these films. Let's rank these films. Let's rank some films, baby. Uh, what do you think should go number six? Uh, Scream 3. Oh, look, why do you think? Like, Screen so. 3 is, it is the weak link of the franchise. We said it on the episode. We're saying it again here. Um, it's the weak link. It just, it doesn't stand the test of time. When I think about Scream, this is the last movie I think about. It's too meta. The film within a film within a film thing is too much. It's 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 a lot. It, it, it really kind of feels, like I said earlier, it just, it kind of has its head a little too far up its own is the problem with it. And... Um, I believe that movie was not written by Kevin Williamson either. He had some stuff going on with it, right? But it he, wasn't him. It was Aaron something. Aaron Kruger. He Kruger. wrote like a 30-page... Treatment? Williams wrote, Williamson wrote like a 30-page thing and then they got thrown out. Um, yeah. That's the Columbine stuff. Gotcha. And But I, again, I should we should also just mention that quickly, that that's why the movie probably isn't as strong as it could be too, because it's a response to Columbine as well. And that's probably why the movie isn't as strong as it should be because as we talked about in episode two there's a real cutback on violence in that movie you don't see half the deaths yeah. or it's kind of like it's very uh edited so um yeah i think that's why it's just it's just yeah. not a very strong movie uh, uh, number five number five i believe we're gonna put scream two um, probably blasphemy probably blasphemy and i know i know i know this is blasphemy I get it. I understand this is upsetting and distressing. I, I really do. But I think as we have been going through these movies and we've been ranking them, we've been watching them, every time I get to another Scream movie and I see a fresh take, I kind of go back to Scream 2 and I'm like, maybe I think the reason is it's not doing anything super differently. Like, it's not exactly commenting on anything. Yeah. It's commenting on sequels. But, like, when I look at these other movies, it's commenting on something. And it's very meta. And it's talking about the most meta thing Scream 2 does is keep mentioning sequels. That's all it really does. It's not commenting on any genre or anything. Like, it's kind of... The most interesting it does is the trauma of Sydney and how that yes, affects the relationship and that's, with Derek. And that's very good. And that's very interesting. That doesn't take away the fact that I would still watch Scream 1 and 2 back-to-back any day. Because I think those two movies in particular go really well hand-in-hand together. But if you're just kind of saying, oh, let's let's watch a random Scream movie, I'm not really going to go for Scream 2. I'm kind of like, eh, I might watch Scream, and then I might jump to some of the newer stuff. But it just, to me, doesn't exactly comment on the things I wanted to. And I think that's why it dropped kind of low for me as we went through week by week. I get it. Uh, What about number four? Number four... I am going to put Scream 6 yeah, because I feel that uh, while a solid movie and a really enjoyable movie and the new location does wonders and is really awesome and it's got some real – probably some of the best like thrilling moments that's probably, in, I think, I think in that, the movie. That's what puts it over That's two, what puts it over too. It's got some amazing thrilling moments. And again, 2 has that great scene where they're climbing over a ghost facing the car. That's a great, oh, yeah, incredible yeah. scene. It's, it's very tense. But, like, 
Scream 6, like, doubles up on that and has, like, multiple instances of those thrilling moments. And you're like, wow, like, this is really hitting. But that said, it's just not as strong of a story as the other films are going to rank are. It's not boxing in the heavyweight class, if you will. It kind of is, like, it's kind of a mid-card to me. I get it. Like, I'm like, I really enjoy it. And, like we said earlier... Kind of just missing Nev Campbell a little bit for and it's me. Missing the stakes. It doesn't have stakes. There's no stakes, and there's no stakes in that movie. We mentioned that last week a lot. There's no stakes. For a movie with the most deaths, it has the most useless deaths. Yes. Nobody important. Nobody important dies. dies, and I think that hurts it. And again, maybe seven will get some payoffs, and we'll see that. But um, as we kind of just mentioned earlier, I think they were afraid, and we mentioned on the episode too that they were to kill anybody because yeah. I think the tower would crumble if they did. Yeah. So. Uh, that would be number three, then. Number three. Uh, number three, I believe we were going... I mean, really, it's whatever you think. I but... am feeling Scream 4 here. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling Scream 4 here because this is... I, I'm going to start with this. It's the sleeper hit of the franchise to me. Like, this is the most overlooked Scream movie, I think. Um, because people talk about 3 all the time. They're like, oh, it's the weak link. It's the weak link. Four is so underrated and so overlooked. It's also the only one that came and out by itself. It came it's out by itself. Its own. It's its own thing. And it's also really ahead of its time, commenting on social media. As we talked a lot about on the episode, it talks about social media. It goes in on that. It's like, hey, like, this is kind of dangerous. Like, this, there are, like, there can be consequences of social media. We're going to show that in this movie. And I, I love that aspect of it. And it's also meta. And it's also... Uh, doubles as Roger L. Jackson's best performance as Ghostface because we get so much of him just saying yeah. the most, you know, like, oh, just horrific things to people. And you're like, this is amazing. And it's it's just, it's so well done in that aspect. Um, and you get the introduction of some characters they bring yeah. back later. Uh, Judy Hicks and uh, Kirby. We get two characters yeah. that end up popping up in the next two movies. And that's, that's, a, that's a good thing to me. After research, a lot of people believe that in Scream 4 that uh, this is the one movie where uh, of the two ghost faces that uh, most people believe Charlie is the one that actually kills every single person in the movie. Besides, mm-hmm. the, besides uh, uh, Jill obviously like acts out like in the, in right, the end right, of it right. all. But until then, everybody most believes it's believe Charlie. It's Charlie and that chills strength as a ghost face is her manipulation of the right. situation her smarts and not necessarily having to get her hands dirty well we kind of see that in the end she was basically manipulating charlie yeah. the entire time so i buy it that's a cool theory yeah. number two number two number two for me it's easy it's scream 2022 um or scream five if you will in parentheses parentheses come on give me something here parentheses parentheses <laughs> you just keep shaking your head going nah and it's like no come on it is um yeah so this is uh to me this is kind of the movie that revisits one in a really cool way but is also setting up this new cast really well it develops the whole idea of a requel which is just just an awesome word like a requel is such a great <laughs> word and i'm like that's so cool like i've never heard i'm like requel of course and just being able to kind of like reboot the franchise in a way but also still honor that everything came before yeah, it saying yeah. saying mostly as we talked about uh, on that episode it mostly honors the first movie but it still says hey everything else happened too yeah. like we're not trying to cut anything out 
Everything through the other movies happened. Judy Hicks is Judy still Hicks there. Judy is still there. Yeah. Like, Scream 1 through Martin 4 happened. Martin is still there, yeah. All of this happened, but we're going to honor the first one the most because that's the one everybody remembers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just think 5 does such a great job of doing that. And we just get the introduction of such a great cast in that movie. Like, everybody really is working on all levels. And, and it's a tribute to Wes. The, it's a tribute to Wes. You get enough of the legacy characters that you're really enjoying it. David Arquette's best performance is in that movie. And then you're getting a really nice blend of the new cast as well. And everybody kind of gets their moments. And it's the first time we get to see a good dad, Billy Loomis. He just likes to stab people, but only the people that deserve it. You know, and that's what matters. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. In her mind, he's a good dad. <laughs> number one. Number one is the horror classic Scream. It's the it's the first movie, man. Um, as we move through the weeks, we we like, and it, this is kind of a rarity for us because we never pick the first movie. We it's very, very rarely, it's yeah. very very rarely. I don't. I, it's it's just I, it's happened we were, like eight, it's happened like eight times out of nineteen franchises or something. Like that. Really, has it? Okay, it's, I did the math. I wonder. I said it in one of the episodes. I did the math. It's happened very rarely. Yeah. Um. But it has happened. It has happened. So this is kind of a rare. But it's like then. a lot of like Pitch Perfect is is one of them, right? Right. Sure. Yeah, so like some, some of them. Yeah. Some of them is just I gotcha. Fantastic Beasts. Right. So I think what really makes this in one in particular stand out because I think those two examples are a little bit like it's obvious they're the better movies. But I think what makes this stand out is that this has essentially out of the six movies there are. Four really good ones behind this because I'm I'm kind of omitting three a little bit because I'm like that yeah, would never yeah, touch yeah, it. Yeah. But it it but Scream has four other really solid movies behind it that are punching really close to the weight class that this first movie is. But what's amazing about this first movie, and even as we move through the weeks, I just kept going back to the first one. And I'm like, nothing touches this. Like this is such yeah. an iconic film yeah. on its own, and. It has this opening scene that just blows you away. You watch Drew Barrymore die in the beginning in a really gruesome way. And then you go through this whole mystery of who are the killers, what's going on, what's happening. And just that that crescendo of uh, of Billy and Stu coming out and revealing himself. It's just a really, really, really well done movie. And you said it during that episode. It's probably the perfect horror movie. It's say, so yeah. well done. It is the perfect horror movie. For it what is, it's trying to accomplish, what it's trying it's to accomplish it accomplishes everything it needs to. You walk away from that movie going, there's nothing else I want. Like, I got everything I wanted out of this movie. So for me, I think it is the first movie. And as we keep going, as we, like I said, as we move through the weeks, it was just like, yeah. nothing touches it. Nothing has topped it. And I, I am really not sure anything ever will. Yeah. Um, and that's all it needs. It created, it redefined horror. I what else do you need? Agree. Before we go into our uh, franchise rankings... Sure. I have a question that's still a little side ranking. Okay, cool. Let's rank openings. This is a great idea. Let's rank openings. Because I've seen a lot of people do this online. Yeah, I'm in. I'm uh, in. So we have six openings, we right? We have six openings. Well, what do you think what do you think's the weakest opening? It's probably three. It's probably three. I think it's I think it's either three or four. Four is the multi the false endings. The, the movies are the movies. Really? I liked that. I like it, but I think the weakest aspect of it is the actual killings in the beginning of the movie. Sure. The actual girls themselves is the least interesting part of it, and that's yeah. really the kill. Yeah. Right? I guess so. I don't know. I There's something, there's something about three I just feel very like, you know, it's like... 
I know they're like commenting on like, oh, it's a cheap cameo, you know, oh, I'm not going to do that cheap cameo. And then it's like Liev Schreiber, Cotton, he's, but like, I think part of it is like, they want you to be super invested in like Cotton's wife or girlfriend. Christine. Christine. But like, I just don't have any investment in that character and I don't really feel the, the, the tense nature of it. I I think that's maybe what it is. Like, I'm not really feeling connected to this character where I'm like, I'm like, oh, he has to get to that house. Like. I don't know. I, I I think it's kind of the weakest opening that we got. Yeah, I, I'd be willing to go three, four if you yeah, are. Yeah, let's do that. So I can number do, six is three. Yeah, and number five is four. Yeah, I take that because I I do I think you're right. I think four is on the lower tier. I really like the, the false ending stuff. Yes. but the real the real the real kill, kill isn't very good. No. Yeah, it's not very good. I agree with you. Um. Yeah. Cool. Apparently, there is an alternate take of that opening. Yeah. That's different. Right. I haven't seen it, but I think it doesn't feature a phone call. Right. I think it's just a random attack from Ghost. Like, Ghost just, like, jumps in and kills the one girl in front of the other girl. Ooh. She's not sure exactly what's happening. So right. Some of that. Interesting. Okay. Apparently, it's better. Apparently, it's way right. better. Right. Um, number four? Number four. What do you think? What do you think about number four? I'm going Scream 2. I think it's Scream 2 because I think the other... Look, this is tough because okay. I think I think these four we're about to talk about are kind of the heavyweights... But if you're asking me, of all four, I think Scream 2 is probably number four for me. Because I think the other three are are really, really, really great. I probably... I'm willing to go with that. Okay. I, I'd put contention here maybe five. The thing that five does is that it is a tribute to that, the first one. Right? Like that's, the, that's the beauty of five is that it's... Is a requel. It's it's. But the beauty of five, though, is Jenna Ortega is so good in that, and I can't believe you're even doing this because you picked her. She's your girl, and you're not even and you're you're backing out on this. No, man. I think five is better than uh, two. I do. And it does. It flips it. She lives. That's that's a big twist. That's true. That's true. That's a twist on the opening. Do you want to do four? As a scream two, scream two. I think four, scream two. But let me let me explain why I think two maybe doesn't live up to the other ones. I think two is a really great opening. I should say that as well. I do think two is a great opening. I love, like I said, we as we talked about, I love uh, them commenting on uh, like horror within the black community and how the black the black character always dies first in these movies. I love that they're commenting on that. But as you move through it, I think there's just some stuff that's a little over the top in it. Um, but oh, the like, audience. The oh, audience. Absolutely. Yeah, the audience is so over the top. Omar Epps death is awesome. I think that stuff is great. I think that's really Jada cool. Pinkett but like is... Jada Pinkett stuff is a little over the top. Like she, she's holding her gut. She walks all the way up to the stage, looks out into the audience and falls and all of that to me. Screams. I'm just like, yeah, it's just a little much. And I'm like, I don't know. This is a little over the top. But two, two for me, that's, two that's in the fourth spot. And then let's, for number three, do you want to do five? I'll put five in the number three spot because yeah. I think, and, and here's why I think, I just think. Ortega is really incredible in that. And yes, it is a tribute to the first movie, but I think they do enough to make it its own thing. And I think twist, throwing that I twist also like in, that it's the the whole horror movie trivia thing with a smartphone. With a smartphone. She can just look up she the cast. She can just look up the cast, and it's great. And um, I think that's a cool little twist, but also just the twist of She Lives. That hasn't happened in another Scream movie uh, ever she lives yeah. and i'm like wow that's a cool twist like they went there and they said she lives this time yeah. and it ties directly into the rest of the movie because uh she's 
a cast member in the movie. Like she just yeah. is there the rest of the time. So I just I, I think that's why five stands out to me. And I just think Ortega is so good in that scene. I, I do. So I, 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 I think just that's why. Uh, number two. It's six. It's six. Six is six awesome. Is awesome. So six cool. is awesome. Again, it is just that uh, it's layered. It's the fact that it's layered. It opens. I mean, having Samara Weaving and Tony Revi- Revioli, Rav- Ravioli, Revolori, Revolori, Ravioli, Revolori, uh, Tony Revolori. That's a racist. Oh please, Ravioli. Um, it's not racist. It's offensive to Italians. I don't care about them. <laughs> I'm kidding. This is the guy who caught a Dominic pasta sauce or whatever. <laughs> that was you. I know. That was you. That was offensive. You literally went, oh, Dom, tomato sauce, and Toretto. And then I said it, and then you went, oh, that's offensive. And I'm like, you said it first. <laughs> uh, but no, I think uh, Six is so layered. It just, that opening with, uh, you think this is the ghost face, but then it's not at all. Um, they do the cool thing that you said where the slash comes, but then it doesn't cut to the, it, it's not the title. And you're like, Wait, what's going on? And then he pulls the mask off, and you're like, whoa, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. And then he goes to the apartment, and the whole stuff in the apartment is so good with the phone call, and he's walking around, and he's like, is it my roommate? Like, he's like, come on, dude, what's going on? Like, you know, like. And then we see him just destroying the fridge. Destroy in the fridge, and he suddenly realizes, oh, this is legit. And then we get the real ghost face, and he takes him out. Who gives a f- about movies such a good opening so yeah that's for me that's number two and of course number number one one. it's the iconic opening man again i know maybe it's cliche to do it but to me nothing touches it i i mean the reason we get all of those other cool openings is because of this one um and there's no other image that stands out to me more than drew barrymore hanging from that tree with her guts spilling out and blood dripping off yeah yeah as as gruesome as that is it's iconic and that's why we get what we get later on. So yeah, no, I, I I agree. I completely agree with that. Yep. I just wanted to know that was interesting. That was fun. And then a lot of people. I'm not gonna do this. It's too much. A lot of people rank ghost faces. No, I can't do too it. Too many. Who do you think is the best ghost face? True, man. Um, I mean, is it the OGs? I think it's Billy. It's Billy, right? I think it's it's Billy. the o- it's the OGs, right? Like I think even more than Stu, I think it's Billy. Yeah, it's probably Billy. I mean, they keep going back to the Loomises throughout, all, even in the later movies. It's about the Loomises still. I mean, he is the original. He's the OG, and and, and like five, five is okay. Like five has the whole um, five is. Uh, Amber and Richie. Amber, yeah, Amber and Richie. That, that those were pretty good. I enjoyed those. Like I was like, this is pretty cool. The misdirection of them is uh, of Richie in particular. I I enjoyed and I thought I I like that. And six does a good job too. I will say that. The thing but, is, it's always somebody in charge with somebody that's they're pulling their strength. Exactly. Like, Billy's pulling Stu's strength. Nancy's pulling. Yep. Uh, Mikey's Mikey Mickey 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 Mickey's strengths yeah. right. Roman is pulling everybody's strings. Yes. Uh, Jill's pulling Charlie's strings. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's Billy. Billy's the best. I think it's Billy. And also, he's a great father. He's a great dad, man. He's a great dad. He lo- loves a stab. Not great. Uh, but he's a good guy. He only stabs the people that deserve it. Grab a weapon and clear the room. Grab a weapon and clear the room. I love that. I'm just like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, Let's get out there and cut some f***ing throats. He's nuts. <laughs> a great line all right well uh, that leads us to uh ranking our franchise let's do it man this is our 19th franchise uh i I like that we did it last time do you want to i'll read some franchises you want to 
throw it in where you think it goes? Yes, I think that's fair. Uh, so let's start with, um, we'll do the 18 we already have. Yeah, we'll do 18. And then you'll tell me where, you know. Yeah, where, that works for me. 18, Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. 17, Fifty Shades of Grey. 16, Pitch Perfect. 15, Home Alone. 14, Night at the Museum. Mm-hmm. 13, Leprechaun. 12, Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. 11, The Matrix. Yeah. 10, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. 9, The Terminator. 8, Pirates of the Caribbean. 7, Shrek. 6, Bill and Ted. 5, The Before Trilogy. 4, The Fast and the Furious. All right, let's stop here. This isn't better than The Fast and Furious for me. Oh, okay, wow. Well, I, I don't know why. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I, I, I mean, I stopped here for a reason, didn't I? So maybe maybe I do think it's better. Maybe I'm like, maybe it's... maybe It's it's up to you. Maybe it's three. Here's the thing. My prop, because I, I think this is... Okay. Five, here's where, I, here's where five, I'm Five, six, and seven of Fast and Furious are better than every screen movie besides the first one. Yeah. Be, yes. And that's that's tough. That's tough. You know what I mean? That's tough. Maybe this is five. What's what is that five currently? Uh, the before trilogy. I could put this over before. I would. I would put this. I could. Over I could. Befo- I could put this over before. But like I said, I don't. I don't know if this goes over Fast and Furious. That's the thing. Like I'm like I don't think it does because then we're getting into like MCU territory, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that. It's definitely not up there with that. Because here's the thing. Because then it's MCU, Harry Potter, Batman. And it doesn't touch any of those. Here's the thing. Nothing... I don't think it's better than Fast and Furious. I I think it's fair to say that no screen movie Mm -hmm. will ever be better than the first one. I just don't think they can make a better screen movie than the first one. So if they peaked at one, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to top it. Yeah. I would be willing to put this above the Before trilogy. So make it five. At five. And And then keeping our top four as they are. Because... I really enjoy this franchise, and again, we've we've keep mentioning before the before trilogy is some of the best movies we've ever done. Oh, it, but like again, it if just, we're talking about just movies. Sheer one. sheer entertainment value alone, Scream beats it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like, if we're talking about well made movies, but there's so many more things in there. Yeah, right. Like, Scream isn't going to isn't necessarily a general audience movie. Right. I think Fast and Furious can be. Yeah. Yeah. I think the top four that we currently have is just, it's a different realm, right? Like yeah. it's kind of like the new realm. And I think Scream is a really good kind of border to that where you're yeah. like, we get up to this level where it's like, maybe not everybody has seen this. And I think this is better. Everything else you mentioned, I think Scream as a franchise yeah. is better than. Uh, in some aspect. And yes, the first one is so good and the other movies maybe don't top it, but I think the thing we kept coming back to was it's consistent, it's consistent and some of the movies get really close to I agree. Yeah, it's it's like I can't like when you even when you mention like you people might hear like, Oh, it's better than Pirates of the Caribbean. It is. Because yeah. sure that, that original trilogy is pretty solid, but four and five just are such like yeah. You know, and it's and, the Terminator and Scream, problem. Sc- yes, it's the Terminator problem, and Scream has never committed the sin of dead men tell no tales. So that's why. Take the compass, Jack. Take the compass, Jack. Um, but yeah, and it's the Terminator. It's the Terminator problem. It's like two was so good. How could yeah. you top it? Yeah, and you can't. So, yeah. but like, yeah. To, but as, as far as entertainment value alone, I, I think Scream stands kind yeah. of among yeah. them all, and is is one of the best. So we know. That our number one movie for this franchise is Scream. Yeah. Scream uh, 1996. 
So let's rank the number one movies. Scream, 1996. As we go through this, I want to point out the ones that are the number one movies. Okay. Because we were talking about that and see how many of these are number ones. Right. So we already know of our nine, you know, of our 19s, we know Scream, 1996. Yeah. Uh, Scream 1. Yeah. Is a number one movie. Uh, we'll see where it ranks again. We'll do the same thing. Throw it in where you think it goes. Sure. God, that's gonna be this is gonna be tough. But uh, we also know that it's a, it's a first movie, so that's going to count that already. So we have one first movie. As we go through the rest of the list, I'm going to count to see how many of the number of these movies are the first movie in their franchise. Okay. Because we talked about how that's kind of a rare Great. thing for us. Let's do it. Uh, Eighteen, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Sure. That's the first movie. Going to count it. Seventeen, Fifty Shades Free. Mm-hmm. Sixteen. Pitch Perfect. That's a number. That's the first yeah. movie. Uh, so that's three so far. Fifteen. Leprechaun Three. Fourteen. Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. That's the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirteen. The Matrix. That's the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twelve. Night at the Museum. Battle of the Smithsonian. Right. Eleven. Ghostbusters. That's the first movie. Yeah. Ten. Home Alone. That's the first movie. Right. Nine. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Eight. Terminator Two. Seven, Before Sunset. Six, Dead Man, Pants of Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Five, Shrek 2. Four, Iron Man. That's the first movie. We have to stop here. Okay. You think it, it, I think this is just under Iron Man. I'd put it above Iron Man. You think it's above Iron Man? I'd put it above. I think, I Ooh, think, I, I think, like that. I think it's more important than Iron Man. I'm taking this. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking this. I'm taking this deal. I think you're right. Um, I'm taking this. I, I stopped there because I genuinely wasn't sure where you I'm were I'm a going. Marvel shill. I know you are. I'm and this is why Iron it was Man. shocking me because I was like, he's not going to go over Iron Man with this. But uh, I will absolutely put this over Iron Man. It doesn't touch the top three by any means. But this is an extremely important film. And I think that also plays a factor in its ranking here. Honestly, and I'm not pushing for it, but I probably could make a case for it being over Prisoner uh, of Azkaban. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Wait, wait, wait. Because after Prisoner, it's... No, I want to have this conversation. We're doing this. We, we, we have time. After Prisoner, we have Fast, Fast five. five and, and then uh, The Dark Knight. Night. Those two are out of question. It's not in the top two. I just... I can't do that. Fast Five is great. Dark Knight is great. Those are like perfect movies. But here's the... Here's where my issue is now lying. We have said that The Dark Knight is a perfect action movie. We have said... That Fast Five is a perfect action movie. Yeah. It can be said that Scream is a perfect horror movie. And I think we need to take that into account. Because the problem here is that as great of Prisoner, as great as Prisoner of Azkaban is, it's not exactly a perfect movie. And uh, I think I want Scream at three. <laughs> I think that's what I want. I think I want Scream at three. I just I'm thinking about the impact of it too, right? Like like I think how important are those movies? Um, and I think that if Fast Five hadn't come out or a different version had come out, the Fast Furious franchise is over. I think Fast yes. Five is what saved that franchise. Yes. I think the Dark Knight's what saved Batman. Yeah. I mean, Batman Begins did it too, but the Dark Knight saved it on a yes. larger box scale. office scale. Yeah. Right? It was a huge billion dollar movie. Right. Batman Begins didn't do that great. Yeah. Right? Like, the Dark Knight succeeded because of Batman Begins. Right. But. It pushed to the next level. Yes. Fast Five saved that franchise. Yeah. Scream saved the horror genre. Saved the horror genre. And that's... We keep talking about this. 
post-scream horror. It revitalized the horror genre. It redefined the horror genre. And I don't think we can really sit here and be like, oh yeah, it's under Prisoner of Azkaban. It's not. I think it's a better movie than Azkaban New Andrew's not going to be happy. Here's the thing. He's not a host here. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I think he would actually agree with this, to be honest uh, with you. I, I think if we explained our reasonings more, maybe he would. Uh, maybe he would. No, you're right. He's going he's gonna to be like over Harry Potter and all. He yelled us about Home Alone. Yeah, that's true. He yelled us about Home Alone. He's going to yell when he sees Scream this high. But you know what? Our list is different and interesting. We have a cool list now. I love that Scream is that high. I think that's really cool. But yeah, so that's um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Pitch Perfect, Austin Powers, The Matrix... Ghostbusters, Home Alone, Iron Man, and then Scream. So it's eight out of nineteen movies. Eight out of nineteen movies. Eight. Wow. Eight. That are number uh, that are uh, the, the first, first movies. I right. and and it's funny because people say like, oh, sequels are never better, but to me, sometimes they are. I think they are because yeah. I I think what's more interesting is the world. You know, the the origin movies always out there, right? But I think that it's it opens up a sandbox to play with. You can do more interesting things. They might not be technically made better movies, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. I get why somebody would say that um, Curse of the Black Pearl is better than Dead Man's Chess. And most Dead people Man's prefer Chess that. It's a little sloppy. Sure. But I think it's it's more ambitious and I think it achieves more of what it's trying to go for. Right. That's why I put it up there. Right. Because I think the action's better. I think yes. the set pieces are better. I think the characters are more interesting. The story's more interesting. Yes. This isn't a dead man's chest. I was about to say this isn't a dead man's chest. But podcast. that to me, like that, that, that's my example is why I think like sequels can be. Yes. Well, they might not be technically better made movies. It's the same argument with the before franchise, right? right? The before trilogy. That's the that's the best stuff we've talked. We have right. not even come anything close, really. Right. That could touch the before trilogy. Right. But it's not hitting what we're looking for. Right. Right, which is these interconnected stories that build off of each other, that topple off of each other, that that hit these. It's a franchise, right? Right, right. It's just not, it's not there. No, it's not there. You know, so. And um, yeah, that's 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 our criteria. Sorry, fans. Boo, boo. But you know, my friend, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this over to you for a sure. second. This brings us to a really exciting part of the show, dude. This is the announcement. This is it. We have to do this. Um. We have a big announcement here. This is only two franchises left we of the year. Two franchises left of the year. This is uh, this is kind of we've we talk about this all the time, but I'm just going to mention it again for in case anybody's just tuning in to scream, you know, checking it out. End of the year for us. Uh, usually, like November, December, we do more uh, family affair. We go with more family friendly things because uh, we're coming off Spooktober. We're coming off like our summer blockbuster series, as I always call it, and we kind of just do, you know we 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 have like so many months where we're doing big movies and big things and the horror stuff is always like really intense some of the time like this 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 one in particular was very thrilling and intense so we want to like slow it down a little bit and go let's go something more family friendly and uh i don't think we could have picked better for november because we're doing something that's gonna that i know is uh you really enjoy yeah. i have really gotten into and uh i think a lot of people really have fall in love with again some would say i and think it's family friendly but i think also at least the first movie yeah is genuinely like a great movie it's a great like, movie it's a you know it's a classic yeah i mean it's, a, it's an it's iconic some would say it's an iconic movie my friend we're going to be journeying 
into the wonderful world of the Karate Kid. I can't wait, man. This is going to be fun. I, I, I this is going to be really fun. I love these movies. Yeah. Um, I love uh, Cobra Kai. You we'll love talking, Cobra Kai. We'll be talking Cobra we'll Kai on there. Um, we have uh, quite a few movies to cover. Let me just name the movies we'll be doing very quickly. So we're going to be doing The Karate Kid, Karate Kid Part 2, The Karate Kid Part 3, The Next Karate Kid, and the reboot, The Karate Kid 2010, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to do five movies. Um, and I it, believe... It does, it, it, we should also say that we are going to combine yep, yep, yep. the next Karate Kid and the Karate Kid reboot movie because there just isn't that much there that we really feel like it can stay on its own and also it helps with our schedule. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was on the old schedule. But, uh, I think, uh, but, but I think those are fair movies to combine because like, who really wants to sit here and hear us talk about you know the next karate kid for an hour and a half we can't do it well, it's know, just we can't the, do it the, the reboot's the longest movie in the series i know right? it's like two hours and 20 minutes or something it's going to be a really long that's that's upsetting but again even for a movie that that's long we're not going to talk two hours and 20 minutes on the rebooted karate kid i just don't think we do and we should also say your brother's going to be joining us again for at least a little bit for at least a little bit what? matt Matt is going to be here for some episodes. We're not sure. We know he's going to be here for the first for the first week. movie. He'll be here next very, week. He's yeah. going to be here next week for the first movie. That's really exciting. Um, it's kind of a scheduling thing. We'll see what he can show up for, what he can't show up for. But we definitely have him for the first movie. I love when he's here. He is always. He was really really good when we did Ghostbusters. Really some in depth stuff with like the video game and the stuff, home alone during, stuff and the Home Alone yeah. stuff. I mean, he was awesome. Um, really excited to have him back. Hopefully we can get him in here for the retrospective too. I'd love to have him on the retrospective as well. And he uh, genuinely, this will be the first time he actually talks about a movie. Yeah, he's actually here for the movie, so um, that's going to be fun. And he loves these movies. I know loves he does. I know, I know. So. I, I, ideally, I'd love to get him for like at least like part one to three. I'm fine if he can't make, you know what I mean? Like ideally, yeah, I'd yeah, love yeah. to have him for part one to three and then the retrospective. I'm not gonna throw. I'm not gonna throw a fit if you can't make it for the next Karate Kid. The Karate Kid reboot. I'm like, you're good. You don't have to show up for that. Um, like, please don't show up. He's for got that. a whole pitch on the next Karate Kid. I think. Does he really? I That's he exciting. Does. So any, but anyway, we we will have him here next week, which is exciting. So he'll be returning to the show. Always great when he's here. But I'm excited to do these movies because I a little while ago, I believe during the pandemic. I watched up to the next Karate Kid. I didn't watch the reboot, and I believe I was texting you about this when yeah, I was watching. Yeah, I remember, yeah. We were in lockdown, and I was like, I just want something to watch. And I decided, you know what? I haven't really watched the Karate Kid all the way through the franchise. I had seen the first movie um, some time ago, but I hadn't watched the other ones. And I watched the whole thing, and I was like, man, this is, like, pretty great stuff. Like, it's pretty solid. And um, I'm excited to go through them because I, I – I like the first movie a lot. I am also of the opinion that I, I think the second one's pretty good too. Like I yeah, actually think yeah. the second one is a better movie than most people give it credit for. I, I really enjoy that one. And I'm just excited to talk about part three and, you know, Terry's on Coke, right? Like that's exciting. <laughs> like we get to talk about that. That's confirmed. That's That exists in the world and that's really fun. Um, Terry Silver does Coke and that's really cool. And... <laughs> Was so much cocaine. I was on so much cocaine. He was bullying a child. That's amazing. But like, I'm excited to do it. I can't wait to do it. But that's our announcement. The, we got the karate kid. Honestly, those, it's special movies for me. My brother showed me them to me when I was a teenager. I mean, again, I I kind of grown up watching them. Yeah. But like p- bits and pieces when you're a kid, you know. Yeah. You know. 
But, uh, like, you know, he sat me down one summer and, like, we watched him and every now and then we try to, you know, get back into it and watch him. And yeah. It's a really special uh, franchise. I'm really happy to have him on to talk about it. And I really think, like, especially the first one, and it's not a Karate Kid podcast, it's not going to give anything away. <laughs> it will be next week. I think the first one, like, it's a really special movie. And I it think is. people forget right. how important that movie is and... I think the movie too. Like, do you think people forget how important it is, especially like living in a Cobra Kai? World? I think for until Cobra Kai came out, I think right. people forgot about it. Yes, I, I do. And, they, and Cobra Kai revitalized interest in the movie. And I also think people forget, like to me. And look, I'm not the person to talk about this, and we can talk about it more as we go through yeah. the series. But I think, especially in that first one, and also the second one, um, I think they were doing a really interesting job of like highlighting, um, you know, like Asian culture. Yes, like you know the Okinawan. You know, I know it's Okinawa, not Japan or China or anything like that, but kind of just Asian culture in general. Right. I feel like, you know, it's a time where that, that really wasn't being highlighted. Right. And also just like, you know, stuff with Miyagi and uh, there's mm-hmm. like some real deep stuff there there's some that's deep stuff rooted in American from, history. From those first two movies in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's stuff, you know, they talk about like the internment camps and stuff like that, yep. like that we don't really... See, and the fact that, like, yeah. this movie that, like, people look at as, like, oh, it's an 80s teen movie or a feel-good movie, there's some really heavy stuff it, in there. There's some heavy stuff in there, and it's, and, but it's, like, the thing that's fascinating about those Japanese internment camps is often, uh, again, this isn't a Karate Kid podcast, but like, we're, we're highlighting stuff, but, like, often that is, like, something that is swept under the rug that in American America history. America did something very bad. America did something very bad, and it's often swept under the rug in American history. It's maybe touched on in history classes, but it's never talked about. And I think this movie does a great job of really opening that up and saying, yeah. let's have that conversation. All the highlights on the concentration camps and all this, but I mean, they're like, not highlighting dude, that like, they were also taking people. Yeah. You know, it wasn't maybe not as grueling i'm not yeah. up to date on my information on the internment camps they might not have been gassing people right but an internment camp's an internment camp it's not a good deal yeah um and it's uh, uh pat morita correct pat morita, yeah. pat morita you know i mean let's just the man was nominated for an academy award for the performance he in the was. first movie like that's how good it is uh you don't just do that and i think that often gets overlooked too when people are like oh it's a good feel-good movie but i'm like but it has so much more going on underneath it. And I think that's what's going to be really fascinating to talk about and have those conversations through the Karate Kid. Obviously, until we get to Karate Kid Part 3 and talk about Terry Silver on Coke, it's a different movie then. But the first two movies, I think there are some really, really great conversations to be had. And um, I'm excited to do these movies. Yeah. I'm excited to revisit these movies again and watch them all. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, not really looking forward to the reboot. I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be a tough, a tough uh, sit. I think that's gonna. I, I heard Jackie Chan's good. Uh, two hours and twenty minutes. I know. I know. Ryan, I don't want to do that, <laughs> but we have to. We have to because this is franchise me, and that's what we do here. We're gonna sit like, two hours binge, and twenty minutes. I can binge Cobra Kai in a day. But yeah. Man, I don't know if I can get to that movie in one, in one Look, sitting. Look, I'm sure Jackie Chan is great in it, and I, I don't doubt that he's obviously. I mean, he's, he's a film legend. I don't doubt that he's great in the movie. I'm sure he is. My worry is that it's two hours and 20 minutes long, as I keep saying. I just don't know if a Karate Kid movie inferior, ever needs to be that long. It's the inferior Smith. And it's, infer- it's the inferior Smith. Uh, old Jaden. But uh, anyway, so that's what we're doing. Very exciting. Exciting for next week. Excited to have Matt here as we dive into our Karate Kid journey. Very good, very good. All right, well, before we... Closing you know, comments? Before we end the show... Right before we yeah. move on next week to Karate Kid, 
give me your final thoughts on, on Scream, the Scream franchise, and, and just kind of our journey here. I mean, what else can I say that we haven't really said? Look, I am absolutely thrilled we did this. I'm glad that uh, you were so intent on doing this and that you wanted to do this um, because this was really you. You were like, we should do this. And I was like, okay, because you happened to watch Five uh, or Scream 2022 and really enjoyed it. And then well, you watched just, the other movies and got really into it and was like, yeah, we should really do this. I and think also, too, it, it is a, a really good choice for Spooktober, especially yeah. as we're going through here because... Man, I don't want to jump into Saul or 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 the uh, the Grudge or right. Or the, the Conjuring the Devil made me do the it. Conjuring the Devil. Like like what? Trust me, you can handle the Devil made me do it. That movie like, was why do I want to terrible? Why do I want to jump into these things? Like we need to build. So Ghostbusters was a great introduction, right? And this this is scary. There's yeah. stuff in this franchise that's scary. It's yeah. genuinely a horror franchise, right? But I think that there is some more there right yeah for sure there's more there and there's there it's it's meta it's deep um it's got so much more going on but this is this journey has been really really fun i mean as i said before like this has been such a pleasant franchise to get through in the way of like i didn't really have a week where i was bored watching any of these movies and even when i was watching screen three and i was very eh on it we kind of kept saying once sydney gets to hollywood that next like hour is like awesome and the recreation of the set like there's some really good stuff in three i just enjoyed this journey from front to back and i really and i think our rankings show it i think where we where we placed it on the franchise and the first films list show how much we enjoyed this um this is this entire franchise is and the first movie alone it shifts what horror is about like it it completely turns it on its head and says how can we like do horror differently scream did that scream shifted horror into something else it turned it into mutated it into something else and whether that was for better or worse is i don't know up to like film historians i guess if they choose to uh acknowledge that but i think what scream does so well is that even though it maybe set the rules of the game with the original movie 10 years later it comes back with scream 4 and we're living in this post scream horror world and it resets the rules again and it makes fun of almost the things that like it created in a way and then it comes back and resets the rules again and i think that is so special and so unique to this franchise and it's just it's ever evolving i'm really excited for wherever they're going in the future i mean you know as we keep talking about there we have a seventh movie coming and i'm excited to see where they're going to go with it and god please let it be a christmas music please let it be a christmas movie i i I want it. Give it to me. But just thrilled we did this franchise. This was awesome. And I can't wait for next Spooktober. This was this was a great Spooktober choice. I don't think you get an It Follows or a Babadook or yep. a Midsummer mm-hmm. elevated horror type of thing yeah. without Scream. Yep. I really, or, or it's going to take longer to get there. Mm-hmm. Because I think Scream, you know, it's not initially. But I think it leads to all that because it shows that Horror can be more than what it was. Yep. Right? Horror got stuck in the franchise realm. And yes, Scream is a franchise in and of itself. Yeah. But horror got stuck spinning its wheels and, you know, in these really strange things like the, the stuff with the Halloween stuff and yeah. stuff with the Nightmare on Elm Street. And I saw that you've been going back and watching some of these classic horror stuff. Like, you yes. watched, like, Prom Night and... Things like so that. So I watched Prom Night. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't sure if you had been keeping up. I, I've been kind of... Once Spooktober... You know, during October, I find myself gravitating more towards 
horror movies. It's just like for me, it's like this is kind of the time to watch them, and I kind of find myself like um, going into them more. And yeah, I did. I did watch some of those old '80s movies, and I got to tell you, some of them are really bad. Like I didn't enjoy Prom Night. Like I don't know how Prom Night even became a franchise, or like got two other movies after what we got in the first one. I was like blown away because the movie's really boring. And it's I not it's just Jamie Lee Curtis. But it's also not a horror really. Like it really wasn't a horror movie. Like a lot of it is like this high school drama that ends in kind of like this horrific way. Like the horror is at the end of the movie, but even then the kills aren't that good. Like they're kind of, there's one really good one and then the rest kind of suck and you're like what did I just watch? Like this was really boring. So anyway, but like yeah, it 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 trashes that kind of horror where it's like why is there this feeling of like the thing with Jamie Lee Curtis's character though is that she in Prom Night again as she, as it was in Halloween, virgin doesn't has never had sex whole thing, you know doesn't doesn't drink this that and the other thing you know all of that but then uh, the other thing is uh, nudity there's just random nudity in the movie for no reason whatsoever other than like let's just put boobs on screen because that's going to get people in seats. Yeah. And it's like, of, of course, and scream comments on that. Like, the use of just, like, nudity that has no place in this yeah. movie. Why is it being used? Yeah. And, like, so I think that's what Scream does really well. Is it, it also trashes all of that and says, we don't need this. This isn't, we don't need this rule book that was invented in the 80s to, like, kind of just get people in seats and keep doing the same cheap fare over and over and over again. We can do better. Horror yeah. can be better. And I think Scream is the case for that. I think Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson sat down and said, let's do something better. Let's give people something that's going to make them think and something that's more meta. And let's throw the rule book out the window and just do something different. Yeah. And they do. And what did we get? We get post-Scream horror. We get a complete redefinition of the horror genre. So to me, that's the importance of it. And that's why Scream is so high on our rankings. That's why it's that good. Uh, all right. So uh, I think, are we good to go home? Whenever you're ready, my friend. Uh, thank you for listening. Especially with my voice. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you need to rest your voice. Uh, thank you, Tony. And we appreciate everybody for the support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd, FranchiseMe, just one word. And you can send us an email, FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. Give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Make sure you check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises, and come back next week as we wax on and we wax off as we talk about... The 80s teen classic, The Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. I felt like we needed a stronger... Your voice is so weak. You really need to rest it. I feel bad for you.